Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. This episode is brought to you by Federal Savings Bank. I have Josh and Joe both here on the line. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for having us. You guys work with Federal Savings Bank. Who are you guys? Uh, what is Federal Savings Bank all about? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Joey Matthews. MLS is one three zero six nine four. I'm also a firefighter with local seven one seven and a Marine vet. The Federal Savings Bank, man, it's uh, it's it's a bank that's uh, owned by a bunch of veterans. We just try to help out our people. And I'm I'm Josh Hill, NMLS one nine five nine six seven three. I'm also with uh, IAFF local seven one seven. Um, and we're on a team with uh, a bunch of other public safety guys uh, from the city and the burbs and uh, a number of military vets uh, on, our, on our loan mortgage team. We kind of got into what your company is about. Why should firefighters and first responders get their mortgage with you guys? Well, between the members on our team, we, we have decades of fire EMS, PD, military experience. Um, a large portion of our business comes from uh, emergency services, fire departments, uh, PD, because they, they trust fellow firefighters and, and truthfully they're right um we won't violate that trust i mean i have to work 24-hour shifts with some of my clients and i don't think a lot of lenders can say that no and i mean we're, we're accessible 24 7 call text email uh we're, we're always going to be able to get right back to you and we don't beat around the bush if we're telling you something has no closing costs we're going to tell you why that has no closing costs sometimes people raise the rate and say oh no closing costs but really they're just getting you on the back end anyway so if you need to get a hold of Josh Hill or Joey Matthews, you could reach them at Federal Savings Bank, 630-534-2900. Again, Federal Savings Bank, 630-534-2900. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. My name is Steve. I am here with uh, my friends Corey and Vince. Guys, how you doing today? Welcome back, buddy. Hi, Steve. <laughs> I am your friend. Yeah, you guys are my friends. I love you guys. Uh, am I a redheaded stepchild? <gasps> you got the Chris, whole show. You got the whole show got, to talk about yourself. Seconds. We're getting there. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, guys, uh, just a little reference. Today's October 1st, 2020. Uh, we want to throw out some heartfelt condolences uh, out to the South Highland Fire Department. Uh, they lost one of their own firefighter, paramedic Cunningham. Uh, he died in the line of duty during a diving accident. And this job is inherently dangerous. Um, whether you're working at the on an emergency scene or you're training, we, we put ourselves in dangerous situations and, and things happen. So uh, on behalf of Chicago's Bravest Stories, our condolences, our thoughts, and our prayers, they go out to uh, the family and friends of Firefighter Cunningham, his brothers and sisters in the fire service, uh, and also the citizens of South Holland who uh, who lost a hero. So um, rest in peace, sir. Uh, on that note, uh, not to get too political, uh, and because <laughs> that's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. But uh, this is an election year. We have an election coming up. 
and um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the firehouse, guys talking about politics back and forth with each other. And uh, one thing that I want to reverberate, uh, especially to our younger members out there, is you got to get involved in the union. You got to get involved in the union. You got to get involved in political action. I know we don't like politics. I know this is not why we signed up for the fire service, but the government employs us. And it is very important, and you're going to hear from our guests today, why we get involved in political action, why we get involved in the union. So don't vote against your paycheck. You can't buy bullets if you don't have a paycheck. Your church doesn't get a donation if you don't have a paycheck. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, the, extingu- uh, the uh, distinguished uh, president. I like, I like extinguished. Extinguished. It's fire. The, dis- <laughs> the distinguished guy. My uh, neighbor like that extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> of the North Riverside Firefighters Union. Chris Cabalas. How you doing today, sir? Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. And I do have to say this. We never wanted a seat in politics. But if nobody gives you a seat at the table, you have to make it. The only reason firefighters are in politics is because politics are in firefighting. And that's so wrong. But it forces us to act. And I believe we are one of the stories that show it. Absolutely. So, Chris, tell us... First of all, how you got involved in the fire service, what, what was it that brought you to the fire service, how'd you get your start, and how'd you end up at North Riverside? Like every kid in the world, you grow up and you, oh man, it'd be great to be a fireman or a cop, or you just want to help people and drive the wrong way, drive through <laughs> red lights and break shit, or sh- you grow up wanting to help people, at least I did, and uh, I was actually in Boy Scouts, I'm an Eagle Scout. My scoutmaster was a forest park engineer, Mark Anderson, kind of showed me the right way. And I wanted that, but you got to have a backup plan. So I go to college, I start working on a degree and I get out and I don't have no fucking idea what the hell I'm going to do. I'm working at a rail yard. You're working at a rail yard with what degree? I was still grinding toward a business management degree. Okay. Actually going for a dual major. Management marketing. Go fucking figure. <laughs> Spending a lot of time at the bar. Yeah. Oh, God. UIC in the morning, full time at the rail yard in the afternoon, bar in the evening. I will tell you this. I do understand what a threat of a strike does. What a threat and doing of a work slowdown does. Because we did it. I saw grown men cry because Chicago Northwestern disappeared. Union Pacific bought them out. The rail yard we worked at changed hands of the employers who employed us. They threatened us with our jobs, threatened to throw us out on the street and have scabs come in and replace us. I saw grown men cry. I saw a guy from Pennsylvania, because it was Pennsylvania's trucking yard, trucking line that had us, H&M, I can't remember what it stood for, come in and Tell us, this is the best contract you'll get. If you don't sign this, you'll be out on the street. I drove backwards faster than I drove forwards for two (laughs) days. When I got in this job, I know I'm skipping around. And they said, you can't strike. I go, how the fuck can we not strike? We're a union. They can't lock you out. I'm like, oh, this is fucking easy. They force us into a room and we got to come out with a decision. 
I will never say that comment again for as long as I live. I, <laughs> I curse the world. But you go to college, you want to do this job, you come out, you're not sure what you're doing. I started testing to be a cop. Multiple very good friends of mine who happened to be firemen said, you're taking the wrong test, idiot. So I tested a one fire department in North Riverside at the time and a relief sergeant, midnights, catches me. I'm typing up because I got on the cop job. I went through the academy. I got a week to go. Chief of North Riverside Fire Department calls me. Hey, kid, you want a job? I'm like, well, I'm kind of in police academy. I'm good. He goes, no, you're not. You got to give me a piece of paper saying you want off. Okay. I'm sitting there. I thought it was my lunch break. I was wrong. I'm typing out my personal shit. The sergeant walked by. K-Dog, what are you doing? I'm typing out my thank you, no thank you letter for the chief. Well, that's great. Do your personal business on your personal fucking time. Get in a squad car. So I haul ass. I leave the letter in the typewriter. That's how long ago this was, gentlemen. <laughs> and we drive around for like an hour. It's a Tuesday night, 4 a.m. North Riverside. Ain't shit going on. I am breaking my neck, bouncing off the dashboard. We drive by the firehouse. He goes, you know what they're doing? I'm like, they're working. He goes, no, idiot. They're sleeping for their side job. You'll make a great cop if you want to be. But you owe it to me and every other dumb cop who took the wrong test, checked the wrong box. Take that goddamn job. And I almost said no after that. But thank God I didn't. Got lucky. And I have worked with some amazing guys throughout my career there. That's how I became a fireman. There you go. Where did well, you end up going to the fire academy? Didn't. We were still doing in-house. That's how, yeah. I started in 99. <laughs> All right, kid, you got to do all this in a year. The book was like this thick. I thought I was going to an academy when they told me I didn't have to go to another academy. I'm like, oh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about the North Riverside Fire Department. Uh, Personnel, how many guys you got? When I started or now? Yeah, Yeah, when you started. (laughs) When I started, we had 21 guys plus six medics. Chief, deputy chief, day lieutenant, three shift lieutenants, and five guys. So it's six-man shifts, plus two medics a day. It was beautiful. We ran a second rig out the door. In town, we engine and truck, two-man truck. Not a full truck, but enough to do work. Now, currently, we are 11 guys, 12 guys, with six paramedics. When I started, we were 103 or 105% funded in the pension And that is the whole reason they supposedly did all this, to save the pension fund. We are now 37 to 41% funded. The Illinois Department of Insurance went after North Riverside and compared us to Dalton, Harvey, and some other South Burb that you don't want to be compared with when it comes to comparables of money and pension payments. We were accused of dropping a dime to the Illinois Department of Insurance. We didn't drop a dime. I swear that on my grandparents and my parents' grave. We were in the paper every day for everything else they were doing. I wonder why the Department of Insurance showed up and said, hey, you got to come here for a hearing. They moved us twice for that hearing. And when we walked in with Dale Berry, they're like, who are you? And Dale Berry, in his perfect Dale Berry moment, with his hat with some bird feather in it and corduroy suit and said, we are the union, an interest party to see how this plays out. And if you'd have seen Jaws drop <laughs> in that room, it was, 
Everybody's heard of Dale Barry who cut his teeth back in the strike years. And everybody has heard how Dale Barry has done recently. I'm here telling you the only reason North Riverside Local 2714 is still here is because of Dale Barry. He is and knows more law, labor law, than most of us will ever even attempt to read. He'll forget more than we'll ever know. You pay for that man to have that moment, that savant moment when he just bedazzles the judge, the lawyers on the other side, and everybody in the courtroom. And it's just, okay, one paragraph out of his mouth and he wins the whole day. That's how good he is when he has his moments. Huh. So let's take it back a little yeah. bit. Let's start with when did you guys kind of feel or think that something was going on? Two contracts ago, if you count this one as one, and number two was the first one we did not wrap up before it ended. That one, we were the one that got us to 2013, 2009 to 2013. I think we were a year behind, a little bit of back pain, not much, pushed a little bit. This one, going into 2013, we filed. We filed for mediation. We filed no agreement. We filed another demand to bargain. They didn't talk to us till damn near April. Our contract is up April 30th. Every time in the past before that, we would talk January, February, March. Their excuse was, well, we're dealing with the police. Rick Urbanati, union president before me, who deserves a lot more credit than he'll ever take for keeping us alive and surviving, kept bothering them and harassing them. And I forgot what he threatened, that they finally, like, get a chain and drag them to the table to meet with us. When they wouldn't meet early on, we're like, something ain't right. Now, granted, they hadn't been hiring. They were already reducing our numbers. Guys were retiring in 07. They weren't replacing. So they were diminishing your manpower by attrition. Yes. But they said... Slowly oh, up till that point, Chris? Or In 07, they started. 08. Okay. They blamed it on the recession. Legit argument. Pension fund starts diminishing, I believe, 06. There's little signs, but you're not connecting anything. Right. When they refuse to meet with us, it's like something's really wrong. Right. And this is meeting for your contract negotiations, yes. right? Just okay. to go into negotiations. We hadn't even had a ground rule meeting. Huh. Now, can you explain this to our listeners out there who might not be part of a local or a union or or they're getting their feet wet in the fire service or just fans out there that are listening? Why can't firefighters strike? After the 80s, Illinois lawmakers sat down and said, firefighters, policemen, and I believe it's jail guards, their job is too important to allow them to have the right to strike. We cannot have this disruption. Chicago, Normal, Rockford, Springfield, and I know I'm missing a couple. Aurora? Aurora's one of them. There's a couple more that I don't remember. uh, Maybe Joliet. Yep, 44. In order to take away our right to strike, they had to give us something. So we get binding arbitration. And what does binding arbitration mean? You and I disagree. We go to negotiate. We don't see eye to eye. You say one thing, I say another. Arbitration is, to my best way I can say it, is two brothers fighting. 
you got to go to mom or dad. And what they say is law. We both agree we're going to this arbitrator. Now, without it being binding, we could go to aunt and uncle, and they could slap down a ruling, and we could go, we're not listening. Binding arbitration, whatever they say sticks. You can't, I believe there's an appeal process, but it goes right back to the same arbitrator. It doesn't go anywhere. And where do, where do these arbitrators come from? There is a group of them out there. Usually they come from the Federation of Mediation. And you talk to those guys, which I have, AFFI conference, AFFI District 1 meeting, found, was introduced to the head guy of the Chicago District. He walked out to use the washroom. I caught him in the hallway. I got a problem. Those guys, this is all they do. They're usually judges or lawyers, or they get into this just to help solve issues. Mediators, that's all they want to do. They want to help people come to the middle. They're nerds on this stuff. You should hear them quote some stuff because this is all they do is listen to dumbasses like us debate stuff with dumbass municipality people who can't get their head out of their ass and come to the middle ground. And, and they're coming from a place of a law background or? Some. Okay. But you smart people, they do their research, they understand. And let's be honest, labor lawyers and lawyers who would go against labor law, they have brand new lawyers who are just whipping boys or girls. Go research this. And here comes the slacky with every ruling that even comes close. Our fight, we had every ruling that didn't even come close thrown at us. So, you guys... Having trouble getting them sitting, to sit down yeah. at the table. They wouldn't them. sit down. We finally got them to sit. The offer was... We had to save seven hundred or $750,000 a year. Because they said that's what they would save if they privatized our department. They said to the North Riverside Union that you guys need to save $750,000? A year. How is a firefighter's union responsible for saving money on a municipality's... Or, or at a minimum, setting a budget for that? Oh, no, they, they skipped. Great questions. They skipped right around that. You have to find a way to save this from the department budget. Oh. That's not our job. Don't they employ people that are... A financial director? Yes. A village manager? Yes. A mayor who's a lawyer? Yes. Okay. Not to put too fine of a tip on this, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe these are some involved parties. We came close, to be completely honest. We in thought 13? outside. Yeah. Or nine, oh, okay. 13 going into 14. Okay. So we, you guys actively tried to meet that goal? Of oh, yeah. We were... Dale is without, good at outside without, the box. Without cutting manpower, you tried to pull this off. Okay. I mean, they were given a mission by the powers to be. You, you can't tell a group of firemen. You want can-do attitude? Yeah. All right, we're going to swallow this. We're going to figure this out. We'll get through it a couple of years. Hold the line. Stay out of court. And we can grind back later. Like, it was a retreat. I wouldn't call it a retreat, but a, all right, dig in here. If we survive this, we can grind forward. And it was RDO or Kelly days, depending on where you're at. All right, you're supposed to be off. Maybe for a year we give them back. 
but the guy who's working, he doesn't do no, no cleaning, no house duties. He's just there to run calls. Like, okay, you're in a financial hardship, we'll help. We'll give back races. We'll give back clothing allowance. We'll, we were bending it. Is that how it was presented to you that, hey, we have, the village has no money. We need your help on this. Did they offer you, like, hey, we'll take care of you later on, but just help us get through this? There was no we'll take care of you later on. Because, I mean, if, if I was put in that situation, I would start being really suspect. Oh, that, it was. They're putting that on your backs, number one. And, you know, it, at this point, you guys are negotiating your contract. With them to come that, back to you with that, to start, I would have been suspect. I'd be like, this is not going to end well no matter what. They're coming at it. But that's an outrageous number on a department that you guys are staffing six guys a day. And, you know, right. three quarters of a million dollars. Hey, you guys got to come up with that. So that's a classic, like, victim attack move where it's like you, you put it on that guy. You put it on the fire department. I might have worded it a little wrong. Well, this may make it but, a little more interesting. Oh, <laughs> we okay. can save this much if we privatize you. If you can match it, we'll consider keeping you. I uh, believe it was better wording. It, I, so wait, hold on a second. Let me, yeah. They came out right off the bat and were like, we want to privatize you guys. Yes. At w When did they do that? At what point did they say, we want your union to go away. We want to privatize you with a private for-profit company. When they came to the table, right? Second meeting, I think. Yeah. I don't think it was flat I mean, that's out in aggressive. the first one. Second oh. meeting is aggressive. Like, first meeting is like, this is what we want. Next meeting is supposed to be, this is what we want. And they're like, yeah, we want to get rid of you guys. Mm -hmm. That's how it went? Pretty much. And we <laughs> grinded to save that amount of money to at least, under advisement of legal, show that you can do it. You have to... You're going into arbitration. We were fighting to get into arbitration and be like, we tried. We are not bargaining right. in bad faith. We did not negotiate with anybody else before this. As I see you got some of the rulings out, they were found to bargain in bad faith because they may have negotiated with the private company before they negotiated with us, which is in and of itself illegal as can be against Illinois labor law. One of the damning rulings. Wow. So, um, so just to, again, just so I, I know I'm following correctly. So you guys had had uh, already at this point two meetings. This was the conclusion of the second meeting, and it was pretty much them, uh, you know. Roughly. Round, roughly. Um, and and um, them coming back with whatever you guys had proposed was this is what, this is what we're thinking about doing or have done. What can you guys do to save yourselves? And then that's the end of the meeting. The door shut. That's it. It was either from one meeting to another or give us a little bit of time. And we came back with ideas. I mean, brainstorming. Wow. You're knocked off your feet and trying to scramble. Yeah. Guys are, oh, we can do this. We can do that. And normal negotiation, it would have been a conversation because we're willing to do this and do this and do this. There was a ton of things. Nope, not good enough. Oh, wow. Now, somewhere, and this gets blurry because it may only be six years ago, but it feels like oh, 20 uh, after yeah. the grind, oh, and I, I apologize. Imagine. No. I no. should have prepped better. 
to review notes, but <laughs> we came into a mediation. I mean, you had a couple Guinness before you walked in the door. I had so. to. I was nervous as hell. I didn't want to let you guys down. Do you I see, apologize. Look at how ugly these guys are. What's there to be nervous right. about? Yeah. The, th the thing is, Steve brought all these notes and about two more beers. He won't even be able to read them. Yeah, so that's it doesn't true. matter. He'll be holding it upside down. Total like, fireman well, uh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did have a meeting, uh, third or fourth. We had a mediator come in. And we had an off-the-record offer that if you say yes, we can work forward. If you say no, this offer never existed. It's off the table and gone. With the village of between With the village, the village, between the village and, the union, and the union. Which you would think, okay, this is negotiations only. And the reason I tell you that story is to tell you this story. It has been thrown in our face since we said no. Why didn't you guys take the 11-year deal? A public work employee at the time bumped into one of our guys at the fuel pumps. Like, why didn't you take the 11-year deal? It saved your job. Like, how do you know about that? That was a off. confidential, <laughs> off the record, if the union says no, this never existed. The mediator came into the, our room to tell us it. Their lawyer, I don't think I should say names, comes in to sit in our room in mediation to explain it so we understand it better. <laughs> it was an 11-year contract, gentlemen. What has been discussed, and I believe it's been in multiple notes, there was openers like at five and eight for raises, or four and eight. As we retired, we got replaced by a private company. So the union would shrink private company immediately went on our overtime list. Toneouts, they would be allowed. We would be sent to medic school immediately, and everybody worked together in one group. We would keep our job and keep our base pay and immediately go to a 401. And the way they put the bow tie and the cherry on top of this, we would keep our pension benefits that we already earned. If you know anything about Illinois law, you can't take a pension away from a guy but they said they were going to give it to us because we already earned it. There was another bullshit detail in there that I can't remember, but I remember it fired guys up. Not like the rest of that wasn't enough. Right. 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 Yeah. They, they told you you could wear your helmet in a fire too. Probably. Something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, you can make a hydrant. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and again, like this is all, this is all shit that gets thrown out to like, make you guys question your own union, make you guys question your own allegiances, you know, walking out, walking out from a meeting, them telling you you have to save $750,000. And now when you say we only saved six hundred, now now guys are doubting that did they do enough. Same with this, same with this uh, deal that they threw out. Like, you know, we're going to, we're going to throw this deal out. And then when they say no, we're going to tell every single other department, every single other guy that works for this municipality, how big a pigs these guys are. Yep. That they won't take this deal. And now, in turn, we've got all these guys beefing with each other when the cops and the firemen are on the same team. The the firemen and the um, and the public works are on the same team. Not not anymore. Well, let me tell you, and this is to, for all the younger listeners out there. You you want to be a career fireman? You're a punching bag. That we're the first people that they go after. Right. Because it's harder to go after the cops because they're seen more. Now, we have had good friendships with our police at the time. And I have it on very good authority, and they'll never admit it 
on paper or anything, so names will be left out to protect the innocent and threatened. In roll call, police officers were told to stay out of that fight. You like it over here? We're nice. We don't get fucked with like the firemen. Stay out of it. We had guys donate to our fund, wouldn't take a shirt because they didn't want to get in trouble. Our cops now, we have a great relationship. They had <clears throat> command staff that wanted to keep the fight on that side of the parking lot. Doesn't concern you, stay out of it. Very political. I will say this. Two days later, Rick Urbanati had everybody sign a piece of paper that stated, we will not work for that private company. And we read it off at a board meeting and sent copies to board members and the mayor, and I believe it made it to the RB landmark. You want to talk about a rally point of, fuck you, come get us? Ur Rick Urbanati rallied us. Because you get threatened like that, guys are like, where am I going to go work? Do I have to take that job? I have family. I have kids. Right. There were some guys who were shaking in their boots. I'll bet. There were other guys who were like, I'm not ever working for that. Other that company. company. Thank other company. you. <laughs> I'm trying here. <laughs> Never again. Some of us started looking online like, okay, if this does go sideways and we lose, I can go drive a what, truck. Yeah, I can what, go what be can a hazmat guy the for the rail yard. Yeah. Other guys, we might have had some senior guys who didn't lead by example. They said, well, if I have to take this, I have my 20. I can retire and go. And some of them are gone now. So we've gotten tighter because of this. But I'm telling you, I hope nobody from this day forward ever has to go through this. It cost us three divorces and one serious relationship that was on the verge of his engagement. Guys, I was one of them. I had to seek professional help because of the stress of this bullshit. We've had two, or two guys lose their mother during this. And while moms were fighting cancer going, why are they fucking with you? Well, they're laying in the hospital fighting cancer. The mental anguish that the, the guy, my brothers, the guys I fought side by side with on this will never be able to be described. And today, I know I'm jumping around. That's I apologize. Right. And today, we, you know, we settle a contract, and the mayor's like, oh, the past is the past. Nothing was personal. It was all business. You guys know as well as I do. We don't have coworkers. We have brothers. It's not a job. It's a career, and it's family. It's the words that were put across in those negotiations, those board meetings, all of the hearings that we had to go downtown and the labor board and Springfield Department of Insurance, they went after us with everything they had. Fun fact, there's a rumor out there that the legal law firm they had originally, the idea was floated. The law firm said, not only will you lose that, I don't want that on my name. That law firm was gone. Another law firm came in, was tried out, interviewed. Same thing. Not only will you lose that, I don't want it. Lo and behold, this law firm comes in, and they said they could win it. 
Now you tell me which shyster lawyer shysted which one. Because <laughs> <laughs> we spent, what did we figure? I think one time we, we thought we were close to $500,000 or more. And our lawyers were a lot cheaper than their lawyers. We told them 1.2 to 1.4. The mayor in a board meeting said 100. And we called him a liar. And he got very upset. And we challenged him. Show us the money then. Show us the bills. A retired AFFI member filed a FOIA. And they stonewalled him. And the AFFI took on that last election. And they were stonewalled and delayed so much that we could not get the figures in time for the election. That's how tight this whole situation was. So and I know I'm fucking with your timeline. Don't, I apologize. No, 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 don't no. worry about the timeline. Uh, that, I mean, the timeline is the least of this fuckery that's going on with you guys. But did you guys get any help from, like, the international? Like, the, Yes. So... People came to bat for you guys, right? Uh, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. So once, at what point did you guys um, decide to reach out that this problem was beyond, beyond North Riverside? Once it hit privatization, like we had, before we had that off-the-record offer of 11 years that never existed but got thrown in our face every breathing moment, yeah. Danny yeah, that Fortuna, one. that one, <laughs> district VP. Yes. Great guy. He sat in on one of our negotiations and pulled, I want to say the mayor or a lawyer, into the hallway have a conversation. In the middle of this meeting. Okay. You and I, we got to talk. I mean, we're talking about tuna here. So. Yeah, just tuna. I'm with you, you're with me, and we're together. It's okay. <laughs> and flat out told him, the union won't let this happen. The union has deeper pockets than you, and this is illegal. You will not win this. We told them the same thing. They did not listen. We filed for the Guardian program for the IAFF. Dale suggested it, and then at some point you have to sign off head counsel to the IAFF lawyers, so they cover it. And everything with privatization... Well, that, that, would, that would have been a better move, regardless of if that was part of the bylaws. You, that's what, what you wanted anyways, right? Right. We need help. Yeah. And they said, you have to do this. Because up okay. until then, this... Funding this whole legal battle was on the shoulders of your local, right? And so, I mean... You, Quick. Yeah, I can't imagine that you were able to fight that fight financially for any length of time, considering what you were up against. You were, you were up against deeper pockets than your local that, you know, staffs six guys a day. Right. What you thought you had in reserves in case something came up. Yeah. Arbitration. Right. Because people don't realize, like... That costs a lot of money. Arbitration costs a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Wrongful termination costs a lot of money. And we had a couple of those during this. And we'll get we're gonna get there. Okay. But it, it seems like did you guys already start getting the feeling from the get-go that the village wanted to privatize from the start? Even before you guys started. You didn't see it at first, but once they said it, like poof, holy shit. They, this plan was, That's working. was we were suspect long before you guys went to negotiations. And when it finally got to arbitration and the hearing, and this is the day you met who was in this meeting, people on a stand, our chief said he knew nothing of it, our chief at the time. 
which was amazing because he knew everything as a lieutenant and everything as a chief up to that point. I, I wasn't there. People on a stand put him in those meetings. I got to tell this when I'm going on a tangent. <clears throat> the guy knew everything. He nitpick you to death on everything. He comes walking over one day. We're washing the rig. We're on the apparatus floor. If you ever drive by North Riverside, glass doors, clear as day, big bay, three bays, plenty of room. You ain't sneaking by anybody on that floor. <laughs> he walks by and he's got the letter and he's shaking as he hands it to you. I happen to be the number two guy to get my letter. And as he hands it to me, he goes, this is from Village Hall. I don't know what's in it. Like one word. I didn't ask you a thing. You know everything. Born and raised in the town. You are part of the political party. You don't know anything. You want to talk about red flags going off. We rip it open. It's our 60-day termination notice. And then the next piece of paper is from their lawyer to our lawyer stating they won't fire us or lock us out. I can't remember the wording. I should have brought it. Until there's a ruling on this. But you're fired in 60 days. Which is illegal as it is. Section 7 of the Illinois labor law says you have to give 60-day notice. I can threaten to strike. You can threaten to fire me. As you go down, Section 14, I believe it is, starts with, except for firefighters, police, and jail guards. <laughs> and then it's whole blah, 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 on how you're supposed to do it. Right. They ignored that whole part, and their whole argument was Section 7 or 14. I'm telling you. Every guy I work with could rattle off Section 14 for like a year. You know, I, I was just going to say, I don't know if I'd rather hire a lawyer or a North Riverside fireman at this point. <laughs> Section 14, 14-L-7. Dale would say it so much, you'd be like, okay, I'm not going to ask him. Oh, that one. Take the train back. Everybody Googling it. Oh, All right, that's it, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You knew what protected us. And that is roughly when we did 63 grievances within a year which I know that's not Chicago numbers. <laughs> that, no, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but a one-station town of what used to be six guys a day grinding down to four, three and a guy on overtime, Urban Adi got it down to a mastery on how to write a grievance. And I learned from him. And I will be honest, I talked to new um, local presidents, and they ask for advice, and I'm like, you're not in the anger zone that we are. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be rude. Right. But you figure it out. You know it. You Man, our chief was so grinding against us that he showed us where the line was because he'd cross it and we'd slap him back. So he knew exactly how far we could go before getting in trouble. And, the, and for people who don't understand, like the chief is not part of your union. Correct. Generally, yeah. Some departments will have battalion chiefs in there, deputy chiefs in there. We're tiny. We got firefighters, lieutenants. They took away our deputy chief, and we have a chief. No captains? Nope. When I first got on, lieutenants weren't in the union, and we fought for that. And the writing was on the wall, man. They had a SOP rule book that showed you that a lieutenant is line, not management. And then when they went to court, they fought it, and they lost their ass. But a comment was made to one of our senior lieutenants walking out of that hearing. Well, you didn't get your raise because you had to fight us, so we won there. 
Jesus oh Christ. my god! I'm telling you, the <laughs> history these of are North like Riverside comments being oh. thrown out left and right. God, Jesus! We Your wife doesn't know how to uh, dust the counter. <laughs> right, like, right. Ah, shut god. up! Right. <laughs> there was. We found old paper um, notes from meetings when the guys were grinding to get the union recognized from 79 to 85. And I want to say it was like 82, 83. They asked for raises. They asked for more manning. They asked for something changed in the department. And one other thing. There were like six things, and they were all common sense, like this makes sense. And in the village board meeting, they agreed on five of them. They ignored and refused to acknowledge the union back in the early 80s. So this isn't like a new thing. You do your research, there's a history. I don't know if it's something in the water or what, <laughs> but it's a union. Get out of here. But you also work in an area, your division. There are some strong unions in your division. I, okay. I have to say this. I work with amazing locals around us, and this is not a knock toward any local, not in Division 11. 717 Cicero. I got to start with 506 because they're our big brothers, Berwyn. Right to the east. We're friends with them. We're like their station four. They came and walked with us. They came and wore orange shirts with us. The day we were supposed to be fired, a couple of the guys came over to have coffee to make sure we didn't get tossed out on our ass. We were, I hope I don't get in trouble on this, a line item in their budget because they were just donating that much money for our fight. Cicero threw money here and there and then went, okay, every year they have a golf tournament and they donate. One guy's kid was sick with leukemia. Money went that way. Another one. One year they go, North Riverside, you are our donation this year. Just send us guys to help run it. We're like, what? All we want you to do is post it on your Facebook page because ours has gotten quite big. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> right. And every dollar we make, we're just handing it to you. And it's like, ha, ha. Cicero, ha, how do we say thank you? And at the end of the day, 15 grand. Here you go. Right now. Boom. Forest Park, 2753, helped out a ton. Whatever they could throw, they did. They walked with us. River Forest, very much same size. Came, helped, walked with us. Local 95, they had one little fundraiser. They threw almost all of it at us. I am not knocking any local, not in that division, but that division stepped up for its little brother. And man, did they help us. And that, that's the big part about unionism that a lot of people don't understand. And there's a lot of back and forth talk with large locals, medium-sized locals, whatever you want to call them. Why are we putting all this money into IAFF? Why are we putting all this money into AFFI? What have they done for us? And part of it, unionism, is big brother helping little brother. Totally. Because little brother's fight is big brother's fight. It was when I was growing up. Someone picked on my brother or sister. They had beef with me. And that's what unionism is all about. I will, I will say I didn't understand the Guardian program because Urban Adi was doing that. I started as a secretary, as vice president, when a lot of this went down. And when he was ready to retire, we 
dug in and like tied him down for one more year. We wouldn't let him retire. Las Vegas, the IFF convention, is when he stepped down and I stepped up. And you you spoke at the convention, correct? I was scared out of my fucking mind to make a mistake <laughs> on that stage. I mean, not as scared as you were for tonight, but right. Oh no, there were drinks before that one too. <laughs> but that was uh, all right. Herb, Derek Sidenovic, my now secretary, my lieutenant, and me sat down. Okay, we got to get some words and let's make sure this smoothly and have the phone ready and stop turning off. Keep that screen on, fucker. <laughs> but very moving speech from that day forward, like throughout Vegas. Hey, you're that guy. Nobody knew my name, but everybody knew me. The support was amazing. The Guardian program paid over a quarter of a million dollars to us for our fight, and they went to stop when our mayor goes, oh, by the way, I'm not going to Supreme Court. They covered everything in regular court and appeal court that had to do with privatizing. Everybody's like, what the IFF do for you? Let's be honest, guys. We work in Illinois, one of the best states for protecting unions. In Illinois, North Riverside had one of the worst fights. National level, once you get in a right-to-work state, right, we're off the stage. <clears throat> and I get it. I had guys in Vegas tell me that in Seattle. I would never want their fight. But they still stepped up and helped us a ton. Over a quarter million. I think it was like 270, 280 last time we did math. Which, again, guys that potentially had... had who were harder off than maybe you guys were. And they were, again, that's that's working together and getting it done. Huffnagel retired as Urbanati did, 8th District VP of the IFF. Sanders got elected right as I went up to. I spent more conversations with Sanders than my own guys for a while. I will tell you, I vented to my guys one time. I came off a shift. I charged my phone overnight at the station. I got home. By 11.30, it was back on a charger because it was dying because of conference calls with the AFFI, conference calls with the IFF, phone calls with Sanders, District 8 VP, phone calls with Danny Fortuna, District 1, and Pat Devaney all the time. Eddie Cruz, and then Luke later on. I always mispronounce his last name, so I won't say it. You'd be amazed on how much phone conversation, lawyer, the not communications guy, communications guy from IAFF was like, how can we help you? How do you need information? How do we flow this? Talking to a guy who has an office in Washington that I have no idea who he is, right. but he knows my name and he's calling my number going, hey, Chris, I, I've been told we need to help you. What can we do? I will tell you this shit. And this is from the international? Yes. Jesus. When my secretary, my treasurer now, John L. Banyan, called Washington a few times, and, hello, brother, how can I help you? And they ask your name or your local number, and he rattled it off, and they go, 2714 North Riverside. They didn't have to look it up. They, they just knew it. <laughs> you don't want to be that group. Right, right. I mean, it's awesome, but it's horrible. Right. Like Vegas, Shapeburger. I know that's a hot topic right now. 2016, IFF Vegas. We're 2016, IFF, 2016 IFF convention in Vegas. It's a pretty uh, convenient spot to have a union firefighter convention. <laughs> Urban is still the president. That's when I gave the speech. But prior to that, 
we're sitting there and it's like day one or day two. Shea Berger giving his speech and like just kind of, do I have North Riverside in the room? Can I just get a round of applause for those guys who are fighting for their job? And he, he speaks like he speaks. And the room absolutely goes up. And you want to talk about ready to run through a wall. Now, I will say this is probably one of the smaller locals in Illinois and smaller locals across the nation. There is no way we should be called out on that level. But because of the fuckery that has been done, <laughs> we were. And that's, I wish that upon nobody who listens to this, any other relatives, any other local in this state, you, that's how fucked up it was. People in Washington knew our fight. That's fucked. Well, Chris, would you say that to other locals who like, may not have, any, ha- have had any other trouble throughout their whole union career, that this could happen to anybody. Yes. So there were the, the lessons and one of the reasons we wanted to have you on because, you know, there are lessons to be learned by what you guys went through. And if there's other locals that are like, I kind of, I see the writing on the wall because maybe you draw some attention to it, that this is not, you know, you're not protected, you know, yeah, we're all union guys. Right. And, you know, we believe in a strong union, but even under those circumstances, you guys still went through what you're going through and still going through, right? True. So, like, do you got any advice for somebody who may be going down, sees, they're looking at the writing on the wall, maybe they're going down this path? If you think you see writing on the wall, if you have, if something in the back of your head goes, something's not right, you need to reach out to other local presidents, your district VPs, friends in another local. I don't care who you reach out to. If something makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up and you go, something's not right. Your intuition is right. Your gut is right. We had it a few times and we brushed it off. Like we didn't, guys I came up with, guys in the 20, 18 year, 20 year, 22 year, 24 year mark, we all got hired in a bunch. There were times we were like, that's not right. But everything was good, so the blinders were on, and it was all political. Would you have done anything different had you acted, or do you think the outcome might be different if you acted a little earlier? Probably not. Yeah. I would love to say yes, but I don't think so. But maybe you just could have started getting educated a little more on what, you know, because I think it made your fight a lot harder. It's hard, I got to imagine, just... uh, knowing as little as I know until something's spoken, until yeah, something I, is on paper. It's hard to even Plus, you, you don't, you don't right want to think the worst about what's going on with your livelihood. You know, there, I, I imagine that there's a lot of denial that is going to take place before you're actually like, all right, well, now I got to do something. The hardest part is we are committed to this career, A lot of times they say job. Well, you go get a job anywhere. Yeah, but I chose this career. Some politicians, I won't say all, because there's some good ones out there. I'm I'm hoping I see them before I retire. Oh, absolutely. Who believe in what we do and support us, because at the end of the day, we protect their residents. We put our life on the line for their residents. In a board meeting, I told the mayor, you take an oath and I take an oath. 
Your oath is for four years. My oath could be to the end of my life, which could be tomorrow. I got booed because I swore. <laughs> but we lay down our life for people we don't even know. And for, to people's, them, for people's property. Right. For their pets. For businesses with insurance. Yeah. All of that together. Right. In training. In, yeah. So. In training. This is what we do to have the fact slap you in the face that you are willing to die for a department that will replace you before you are even cold or fire you because they give no, they don't care about you. You are replaceable. You are gone. You are nothing but a number in the paycheck system. That's hard for us to get our head around because we believe in the good in people because look at the people we work with. We are saving people we know nothing about and we're polite to everybody. We help everybody. That's in our DNA. That's how we're wired. But when you get that realization that the people you take an oath to, not the people you take an oath to protect or the property or the business or the pets, but the people you swear that oath for, don't give a fuck about you, that's hard to, to wake up. Yeah. Yeah, I got to imagine. I, I couldn't even imagine the, the nonsense. Well, and what I don't think that some people can appreciate that there's potentially the domino effect. You guys privatize. The oh, next man. city over is looking at, holy shit, these guys spent, these guys saved themselves $700,000. You know, what? what's, who's to say that the next village over is going to be like that looks like a good idea you know you guys are legitimately holding the union line right there in riverside the north riverside north riverside I'm i don't sorry. mean to be rude <laughs> riverside the streets aren't straight and they're part-time <laughs> north riverside we got city lots and professional department so there were multiple mayors from around us who were watching very closely and i'll tell you this I'll bet you my life savings and my 457, as everybody says, they're doing great because of the economy. Whatever the fuck you want. My truck's outside. I'll give you the keys if I'm wrong on this. The municipal, the Illinois Municipal League, the IML, which is the conglomerate of mayors and village administrators, as much as the union's fighting for us, the IML is fighting for them to save money and do their thing. If you don't think they back the living bejesus out of this move by our mayor... Because it's like betting the long shot at the track. They hold your 2% check. Oh, totally. <clears throat> Here, it's a $2 bet, but man, if this wins, I'm right. getting 500 bucks off one bet. Oh, yeah. North Riverside, you fight that fight. You go, you got this. They didn't put a dime into it. They didn't fight it. But if it won, they were behind it 110%. They ignore Illinois labor law. Oh, no, that doesn't. They're pish posh. Oh, they're betting, they're betting the, uh, mm -hmm. the under. So, so at what point, um, you? This may be a rumor. You can squash it right here. Did you guys get offers of employment from that private company? We were told that we would have jobs for that private company, and we would have our base salary. That was part of that eleven-year deal that didn't exist outside those walls. You that would, everyone's heard about. That everybody, <laughs> everybody, but, you know, we try and play by rules that we were told. Nobody else did. The 11-year, the couple-year opener, five and eight years, and the 
That might have been me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then it's okay. <laughs> the You will have jobs that will be at base salary. You will have to go to medic school, and everybody will be the same. And as we retired, we would be replaced by private employees. So the union would dwindle and just be snuffed out. And right. then also while – so you guys tried to figure out – the union tried to figure out how to save 750000 now you're fighting back and forth with the with the village because they're bro- they're crying broke, right? We had two and guys volunteer to go to medic school. Volunteer to go. To- At what point did the million dollar tower ladder show up to the firehouse? <laughs> that was oh, right before the last election. It's a 2015 election. 21, so 20. I can't do math. One, seven, 16. It showed up. 17. Because the mayor said, I believe, might be rumors so I don't get in trouble, there's no way I could repave the streets if I didn't replace your ladder. Because we had one of those pierces that were rusting out on the bottom, and a few other departments went in on a lawsuit, and we did not. Come on. <laughs> we were a lawsuit happy against employees. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gone down to the IFF convention. Where now are we from there? Came back. We are because you still haven't settled the contract yet. No, you guys are. We're pushing for arbitration. They're pushing for rulings. And every day you're getting threatened with privatization. Are there any antics that are going on uh, between administration or anything that you can? Anything we could get written up for or called in an office, we got pimped on. Everything. Now, part of this agreement was everybody would be privatized except the chief. He would stay there to run day-to-day operations. Anybody smell the pile of shit in that? Yeah, it must be me? nice. Yeah. We had <clears throat> multiple grievances, multiple fights. We stuck some grievances together to get to arbitration. We were waiting on rulings to go. We're screaming arbitration. They're like, no, we're at an impasse. We never said we're at an impasse. Everything they said, even if it was shit, we're like, we can work on it. Give us another negotiation date. It might be shit, but okay. We bent over backwards to stay out of court because, yes, we believe we're 100% right. Well, Chris, if they're screaming that if the village is screaming that they're at an impasse, doesn't that force them into arbitration? How How is that? You guys, an, you guys wanted arbitration. Yes. They're saying that you're an impasse. Why doesn't that just automatically go to arbitration? The argument was good faith negotiating. They were like, well, you guys are done. It, that You didn't negotiate in good faith. We're like, yeah, we did. And we're still trying to show that well, we are so willing to So they're to saying work. that you guys weren't playing fair, so we, we can't negotiate. That was one of the arguments stuck in there. I mean, there were so many. It gets into the appellate court. No. What's before appellate court? Appeals? Below that. Appellate court is we're, the appeals. We're firemen, Chris. I know, <laughs> but I learned this at a high rate of speed, too, and it just jumped out of my head. Whatever's before that. Us. I know. I'm sorry. Circuit court. Yes. We go in front of a judge. Oh. 
big brain on bread down at the table. Circuit court arguments up and down. They should be thrown out. The rulings here, rulings there. We Brotherhood of the Blue Line came from that. And it was a Forest Park guy actually suggested, you guys go down, up and down so much. And All right, that's where the sticker came from. Forever United Brotherhood of the Blue Line. We were down in the Daily Center so often that we walked in one day and we were like 20 minutes early. So you get off the blue line, you're in the basement, you walk in, there's a Starbucks. Let's get coffee. Cause you guys we have go to... down there in uniform? No, no, no. That was, you, Collar, you guys talked maybe. about that? Was that a decision? We thought about it, but we, you'd always try and wear union garb because uh-huh. mayor hated it. So let's, <laughs> if we're being honest, we're being honest. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy knows a lot about training athletes. They train our police and fire members who are injured just like they would a professional athlete. And for 17 years, they've been doing it. We have Dahlia here, owner of Sports and Ortho Therapy. Thanks for being here, Dahlia. Thanks for having me, Vince. So what, um, Dahlia, you've, you've done a lot, speaking of athletes, you've done a lot with... Um, with the fire department and police department in terms of uh, in terms of sports, who have you worked with? Yeah, so we've worked with the Blaze for the couple last couple of years. We've also worked with CFD um, Bravest, the uh, baseball team. We donate to the Battle of the Badges, to Ignite the Spirit, to yeah, Run to incredible. the Remember. You know, just a lot of the organizations that uh, the police and the fire department run. Yeah. Yeah. Again, when you're when you're training someone new, they wouldn't necessarily treat um, treat us having injuries the same as you would uh, a 60 year old tax accountant. You know, our our yeah. shoulder injuries are a little bit different, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can't rehab, you know, a fire or police member like you would a 90 year old grandma. It just yeah, doesn't work. For sure. <laughs> well, we also know that you have a vested interest in us, and you've been taking care of us, and your support with our charities like Ignite the Spirit. I know you've done the firefighter and paramedic ball. You've um, definitely been a huge supporter of CFD for many years. And so we wanted to thank you and bring uh, more attention to sports and orthotherapy because you're not a commercial, you're a private practice. You're not a franchise physical therapy place. So you're really giving actual one-to-one therapy to our members. Yeah, we're, we're all about keeping in the family. We definitely want to make sure that, uh, that you know, any any family member of mine is gonna is gonna go over by you, Dahlia. That's for Aww, sure. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, it's our pleasure. I mean, we just want to give back uh, the way that you guys give to us. So we're happy to do it. So sports and orthotherapy at sportsandorthotherapy.net and seven locations across Chicagoland. So thanks, Dahlia. South, east, west. East, west, northwest. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I appreciate being here. (laughs) Thanks, Dahlia. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Chicago Pepper Brothers. The Italian beef sandwich is a Chicago classic. And what do you always pair with a beef? peppers. There's a lot of places you can get a great beef in the city, but the peppers typically leave much to be desired. At Chicago Pepper Brothers, we decided it was time for that to change. Whether you like it mild, spicy, or five alarm fire blazing hot, Chicago Pepper Brothers uses an authentic Sicilian family recipe to craft the best peppers you have ever had. 
with four different varieties to choose from, we've got the right flavor for you. There's mild for the flavor enthusiast, hot for when you need a little kick, Inferno OG, original flavor with the heat cranked up to 11, and Inferno Diablo, devil's fire with a hint of habanero. From our premium locally sourced ingredients to our handmade small batches produced right here in the city, not the suburbs, our motto of loyalty, integrity, and passion shines through in every bite. Not only are these peppers great for Italian beefs, but you can put them on everything. Burgers, sausages, chicken, spaghetti, pizza, tuna salad, or even just a slice of toasted focaccia. When there's a jar of Chicago Pepper Brothers open in the house, you're looking for any food you can find to add as a condiment to your peppers. Visit us today at chicagopepperbrothers.com and place a direct order with us at pepperbros.llc on Instagram, or grab your next jar from one of our custom purchase displays at Top Shelf Smoke Shop on 3540 North Pulaski, The Shy Cave on West Bryn Mawr, or ADC Tattoo Studios in Lincolnwood. Chicago Pepper Brothers, a pinch of heat, but yet sweet. Get down there, walk into Starbucks, and the girl behind the counter remembered three of our coffees. Like one guy likes caramel, another guy likes this, another guy. And they rattled it off, and we don't even work in the building. That's how often we were down there. A couple times we'd wow. get done, like in the afternoon, and all right, guys need a night out. But you go down there, and the judge let it rule, let everybody speak, and then says, this belongs in arbitration. All right. You've done it. You've appealed. They appealed it to the appellate court. The arguments go. The cases get read. Nope. We agree with the circuit court. Mayor goes, we're done. This is where the IFF goes, all right, we're good. We helped you out. Danny was there, IFF lawyers, somebody else from the IFF. I apologize on the names. I thank all of those lawyers for the help. Pat Devaney came out sometimes. I mean, we had Guy's wife who worked in a city, pop in on one of them. That's how often we were down there. They slail away, and of course our mayor, oh, well, the lawyers filed it. If you hire somebody, don't they do exactly what you tell them to do because you're paying them? Oh, the lawyers filed it to the Illinois Supreme Court. They asked them to hear it. You file a petition or whatever the hell it is to go in front of them. Like, how did you do this? There's a news article out there in the RB Landmark that, oh, no, the lawyers did it on their own. This is the type of lying we kept running into. Timeline. <clears throat> IFF leaves. We got to scramble to get the money back. We're going through the station days. Since then, we've worked 72s, 96s, 100 and 120s. I think 120 is the longest guys have worked. Because we've gotten so understaffed. Is, is there some sort of state statute that says uh, how many hours a firefighter can be on duty? I would love to know it. Because we have a policy that says you will not work more than 48. But our argument always was, unless it's emergency. Well, once we got a four-man minimum... Because we had an agreement... We've been a goddamn emergency for seven years. Right! <laughs> We agreed that covering and properly protecting the village was an emergency. You have to staff. Mayor, try, mayor, the chief at the time, no, no, you got to go home. No, I'm volunteering to stay. 
we would use the word stuck. Like, hey, you're on a 48, you're on a 48, what are you on? A 48, I'm on a 48, who wants a 72? Okay, you take the 72, we'll rearrange the next couple days so you get a couple off, I'll come in, you, you're off now. Like, we choreographed our calendar that much to make sure, okay, if you got fucked, we get you some time. The argument always was, you can only do a 48. No, we're volunteering for this. You're not stuck, I'm volunteering to work the, the overtime. When this was hot and heavy and all the bullshit was going on and grievances left and right and bullshit write-ups, a 24-hour then was harder than 96 hours now. Yeah, that's fucked. That is fucked. So did, did it seem like they were purposely dragging their... Were they trying to, like, bankrupt you guys in order to, like, roll I've heard over that on you? theory by a lot of people. I can't say... I saw it then. I mean, just from everything that, that I know about it, it, I mean, that's like an automatic go-to plan for, you know, they're already bullying you. I mean, that's what this is, right? Oh, totally. Let's just call it what it is. You're, you're being bullied, and they're already over the top on you, and they're going to try to drag this out as long as – because think about, like, and I have to imagine that they're in this for the long play because at this point – they would have, the money that they spent fighting this is already exceeded the money that they could have done to, the, to negotiate this Stole contract, Stole the right? words out of my mouth that I wanted to make sure I said, <laughs> yes, yes, that's a religion, yes. <laughs> right? It doesn't make the, if, if they're so concerned about the money, they've already exceeded what it would take. So this is more than your contract, right? Their thing was, it will save the pensions, and we're like, Time out. You fire all of us today and half of us retire and nobody's paying into this. And your pension, as so you said, a, was already a, underfunded to begin right. with. It's a bigger burden. Than, it, than it's all pension. on the village now. Right. There's yeah. nobody putting money into this. Yeah. So you're going to bankrupt yourself, at least with guys coming in and guys working. And as guys leave, you replace. Yeah. There's still money coming in. You want in. fresh blood into that pension. And, right. what, and what people don't understand, too, is Illinois has some of the best pension protections in the country. You can't just, well, we're bankrupt. We're not paying that pension. That's not how that works in Illinois. Right. A lot of people don't realize <clears throat> pension funds make money three ways. One, the employer pays his share. To the employee pays their share. Go figure. And three, the fund makes money in Off its investments. investments. If you eliminate the employees, the fund ain't going to make any money, and the employer gets fucked because they can't make that payment. Then wish we had taken that video. I know that would be great. great. I got that. that one from. Let's just say Bowman. the number one ended up to be a finger that uh, not was a, a not good gesture. Let's say. <laughs> Yeah, but it, but yeah. it, it does illustrate 100% what you're trying to artic articulate that it, you're getting fucked. Right. I mean, so all this is going down. You guys are at the circuit court, appellate court. You guys have wrongful terminations going on also. Am I correct? It was said that, but because it was all tied in together, we couldn't swing as hard as we wanted to on that because... The village's argument was we're following the labor law, section seven or section 10. 
we're like, you got to read a little further. That's section 14. And when it got to arbitration, like the circuit court and the appellate court, the circuit court judge whose name I can't remember was very fair. You wanted to make an argument. You wanted, she let you speak. There was no, this is going to get tossed because you didn't get your moment to speak. Everything was heard. She gave their side multiple times and like nipped it when she had to. But there was no way this was getting tossed on a technicality because you didn't, weren't allowed to have your argument. And in the end, go to arbitration. Basically, you're in the wrong building. Like we said, you got to go that way. So it gets arbitration. But that was part of the argument. Like, no, this is. So as much as we wanted to scream wrongful termination, we couldn't. Because if their argument won, it was true. Yeah, you're picking your battles at this point. As much as we wanted to fight them all, you right. start looking at that negative account and like, yeah, yeah, we can win that grievance in arbitration. Ah, we yeah. can't how, afford how it. it. It's going to cost us five more guys to, to get back the yeah. one. You, were, you, wanted to, you had to lose the battle to win the war. At one time, it might have been at the meeting after the union meeting, i.e. the bar, uh. we discussed having, if we could make a fundraiser out of it, have another local support a grievance. Like, hey, we got this grievance. We win this. Anybody can use it because we'll set precedent. We can't afford to. Anybody want to sponsor this, we'll put your name on it and we'll fight it. And we're like, that'll never fly. <laughs> but after enough drinks and shots, it was a great idea. That yeah, everything that makes sense. Yeah. That's how we came up with this podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. <laughs> We should open up a bar instead of a podcast. Yeah, I think we messed up. I, the <laughs> studio is pretty much a bar at this point. <laughs> Chicago's, <laughs> Chicago's bravest bar. <laughs> Tavern and pub. This is how nitpicky it got. This is a personal one. So my mom passes during this. I thank you for that. He, my chief, who we're feuding left and right, leads a procession. I appreciated it. Drove by the station, had the rigs out. My mom was a big supporter, union supporter forever, backed us, made cookies for Christmas. I mean, grew up in Berwyn. All the houses got it. Huge supporter. I'm wrapping up stuff, and I have to see a lawyer, and I get stuck on overtime. So I fill out a trade form. Now, forever and a day, fill out a trade form by us. Reason? Personal. Since the day I started, you fill a trade form, you write personal, that's good enough. You ain't got to put any more detail. Other guys have traded while on overtime because it was you can't trade overtime because back in the day, guys did some shady shit to get paid. We have so much fucking overtime, it doesn't matter. He's like, what is this? I'm like, trade for him. No, no, this. It says personal. No, no, I need to know more. Excuse me? Now, if you've seen our station, three bays, monster, and then... My gear locker was in one of the cutouts halfway through the floor. Every morning, we pick a rig and we anything that's got a motor, we run it. Pump, run it. Electrical motor, run it. Make sure everything works. It's right about this time in the morning. So the generator in the back compartment of one of our Mac engines is running. The pump's on and she's got to be buck 50, humming, loud. Everything is fucking loud. And we get into a discussion on... Why the fuck do you need to know what my personal time is? Well, you know, I, gotta, I, I may, what if a guy wants to go out to dinner? I don't fucking care. I have a personal reason. Why are you bothering me? 
I'm asking you, are you fucking ordering me or are you harassing me? I am the chief. You need to tell me. I have to go to the lawyer because my fucking mom is dead and I have to deal with the estate stuff. All right, that's good enough. The argument that happened was heard by the guys checking the rig over the generator. This is not a... It wasn't a one-time happening. This was norm. I mean, we had knocked down, drag out arguments with this chief during this. Like, you wouldn't believe a normal department, a write-up is something to be like, damn, I got in trouble. Because all the shit going on, the power of the write-up is gone. I'm going to write you up. Okay, give me my badge of honor. I'm going to grieve you. You're not going to win. Yeah, I am. We have a stack of laminated wine garden rights. Every guy who worked during that had it in his pocket. When everybody started carrying cell phones, we had a cell phone policy. You can't have it unless you're the acting officer. Paramedics were allowed to have it. A paramedic who worked there at the time for that company flat out said, that policy is not for us. We would have guys, we were trained by our union president at the time, walk around with a notepad. Anytime you get in a conversation that might be uncomfortable, whip your pen out and start taking notes. You want to shut a chief up in a hurry who might be on a political mission? That was him. He'd start yelling at somebody, and you'd see two guys whip out a notebook and start writing down and stop, done, goodbye. That is how bad it got. So what happened to this chief? Did he retire? Twice. (laughs) I can't make this shit up, man. It's North Riverside. This is fucked up truth. This chief, did he come up through the ranks? Yes. Yeah? Okay. He announced his retirement. A meeting happened. And then he, he came down and announced his retirement. And guys being polite, congratulated him. Enjoy your retirement. Back your head, you're like, yes, he's fucking gone. A couple months later, he comes down and says, I'm not retiring. Never mind. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Somebody said it at the table. I don't remember who, and if I did, I wouldn't throw him under the bus. But then we had a deputy chief come in, a uh, retired guy out of Broadview, Tom Gardner. Great guy, but it got him in the door. When the bane of your department, because let's be honest, we all want our department to do well, and we want the department to do well in the community you serve whether it's a district, a village, a town, a city, you want to do good. When the bane of that department says, I'm retiring, and then goes, I'm not retired, I'm staying. Holy fucking horrible Groundhog Day, man. (laughs) We did do a vote of no confidence against him. And somebody leaked the day of it, the chief knew it was coming, and the mayor prepared a rebuttal. It is on YouTube if you Google North Riverside. It is on YouTube, yes. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, oh one, of our, one of our guys' girlfriend at the time replayed it, replayed it, and wrote it down somewhere. We can't find it. But the rebuttal on how great of a job he did was like, Bathroom partitioner program, gasoline mixologist, 
Girl Scout cookie drop-off program. I'm not making this shit up. It's on YouTube. I'm telling you. Get bored? Google it. <laughs> I don't think I'll get bored of it. it <laughs> I should have brought a copy. I apologize. <laughs> but you listen to ours, and I can get you a copy if you want it. Was rough draft and reviewed and reviewed and reviewed and watched. And we were sitting with it, waiting to use it. And a ruling came out like that Friday that, okay, we're safer. We're not 100% in the clear, but we're a hell of a lot closer than we were the other day. We can finally drop the hammer on this vote no confidence. Because legal is like, you could do it. You, you want this ruling to come out. Now, I don't remember which one it was. There were so many in that stretch that oh, I apologize for not being able to quote the right one. And it was unanimous. So many people thought it would never happen. When Tom Gardner got made, the couple guys who thought they were going to be next for deputy chief or a lieutenant spot to open up, who tried to play nice during all this, finally realized that, no, man, you can be You're a bootlicker your us. whole life. Yeah, you, you are in the moat with us. You're not up here. And they were so mad. They're like, yes, I, I, we should do this. <laughs> Sign right here, man. Here, here we go. go. Now, now that I don't have a future job opportunity. <laughs> totally. I don't have to kiss I, I th- ass for that job. It. I just got it shoved up my, <laughs> all right, let's do this as a union. I'm glad you finally came around the corner. Now oh. the brotherhood starts. <laughs> now, oh, now it helps me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you guys have a uh, probationary or a candidate? Something happened with that? I, I met him the other day. Oh, yeah. At, uh, at the, um, what's it called? At the funeral for that, uh, yeah. Gardner, we had a couple retirements, and we had gone down to three men a shift with no vacation days, and we're four-man minimum. You guys have a, an engine and a truck? Yep. Jump. And you have three guys working right now. Okay. Minimum four. So every day's overtime. We're allowed two guys off a shift. Because back in the six-man days, if two guys were off, four-man minimum, no overtime. Well, they whittle it down and they tell us, well, you need to take less days off. You need to staff properly. I'm not going on a tangent yet. (laughs) Sorry. Picking your battles. Yeah. Tom Gardner, Chief Gardner. Deputy Chief Shea convinced them, you need to hire three because that gets us to minimum skeleton staffing because we had law, uh, one guy retired, another guy retired, another guy threw in paper real quick. So we dropped down to three. Now it's three, one guy shift. We get all three on board. We still don't have a contract. Somewhere in there they change the insurance, and they're like, well, since this day we changed it. Well, in the meeting in the board meeting, they stated, we have to negotiate with our unions to get this. We're still stuck in a non-negotiation attempting still arbitration laboreth of shit. And they're like, no, you agreed. We didn't agree. You have to offer them this insurance. And this becomes the, you tell them to drop that grievance or I'll fire them incident. That right there in and of itself is an unfair labor practice. You cannot retaliate like that. That actually happened. Yes. 
one of the rulings lays it out clear as day. That's the only reason I'm talking about it as clear as it is. I was pulled into an office and told by the chief, and I went, whoa. And then I got pulled in an office with my lieutenant, my secretary. And we're like, excuse me, you know I have to make a phone call to my lawyer. This is public knowledge, yes? He's like, yes, do what you got to do. Oh, fuck. Now, we had heard rumors because we filed a grievance on behalf of the local to protect the language. And they flat out said, who's complaining? You got to follow this language. Well, tell me which probie's complaining. Nobody's complaining. You have to follow this language. They wanted to hunt a guy. You have to do this. That comes back. Okay. And then it was like, we'll fire him. Okay. He didn't want to tell the probies that, hey, we're filing a grievance and... No, he wouldn't. You think he'd fire him? Nah. We're trying to start clean blood. Don't bring him into the fight. Let's be honest. Our fight is uh, was ugly. Is ugly. Don't bring new blood in. Let's stop it and start healing. When they went after him, we're like, fuck. Now, we have to pull him into the union office, close the door, sit down. What did I do? You didn't do anything. The union filed a grievance to protect the language. You were not offered the proper insurance. Therefore, you are tied into this grievance. They have threatened to fire you. We will do everything we can to protect you. And a couple guys are smart. They're like, I'm on probation. I, I, I have no rights. And no, no. It's not you. They're going against the language. It was a holy fucking tightrope to make sure. Was we this stay another off. attempt just to lose you guys manning? I don't know if it was an attempt to lose Manning or a... They, they, they want to keep you guys down at every point. It seems this the track record is to create dissension. That's kind of, you know, telling telling guys that as you retire, we're going to bring guys... Or we're going to, you know, bring in a contract guy. Like, you want to create that, that friction between guys because then all of a sudden you don't have 15 guys showing up to the court case. You got two guys who are like, well, this isn't really worth it, and just well, shut also, it down. Also, you got, you got a handful of guys that are responsible for those shifts. Right. How long can a crew of guys do 72s and, you know, uh, and longer for how, how long before, like, you're just burnt and you're done? Well, let's, yeah. let's ask the guy, how long can you <laughs> <laughs> Last year, the record guy had 59 days or 60 days, and there were multiple guys at 58 or 59. That were right there, too. I mean, from 56 to 60 or 55 to 59, we had five, six guys. I mean... That many overtime shifts. I mean, it seems to be, like, all part of, like, the master plan here is just to wear you guys down. Well, you don't need that many guys. You don't need that much time off. If you just took your time off different, you wouldn't have all that overtime. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is what I get thrown at me. Uh, let's uh, all yeah. that union talk get you a, a guy thirsty. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some spotted cow for you. Hmm? You tell me. Oh, You're interviewing me. Grab a drink. Okay. Okay. I'm good. What, what's Steve going for? I went for the lineys. Liney. It's un It's union made. <laughs> Just like Miller Light. <laughs> Got says to. it on the bottle, says it on the can. <laughs> <laughs> like that one. 
I've been told in negotiations you're a bad negotiator. You don't know what fair is. <laughs> As you look at something, you're like, okay, you have to do that. You have to do that. And okay, you're being nice there, but. Well, at that this point, you either. don't have to be a good negotiator. You just have to be able to read. <laughs> right? <laughs> Negotiation was done to put that language on that piece of paper. So you just yeah. have to be able to read. I've been told like, negotiations with my wife that I don't know what fair is. <laughs> well, that's 100% true. It's like uh, when you're trying to like play a board game with your wife and she's cheating and you're like, yeah, I fell on the rules. Whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Perfect example. Perfect example on yeah. how fucked up the fuckery on the level 99 <laughs> Jumanji level 10. Negoti- negotiations. Elections around the corner. We get accused the firefighters, the union firemen get accused of destroying uh, political election signs, like yard signs. Oh, I heard this. And it's like, are you kidding me? We haven't done anything. The deputy chief will do an investigation. Now, at the time, myself and Dave Reich, he was on the board at the time. Dave had no problem going toe-to-toe with any elected official, and he wasn't out of line. He spoke truth. And when he was fired up, you could tell. <laughs> so this discussion happens at a board meeting, and it's the boardroom's getting fixed, so we're in like a side room, and it got ugly really freaking quick. So following board meeting happens. We're there again, and Dave goes, hey, I, I got a question. And you could tell the mayor didn't want to, didn't want to acknowledge him, but Mr. Reich, Deputy Chief, how'd that investigation go? We found nothing wrong, no crime, no anything. It's been dropped. Mr. Mayor, are you going to apologize? No. (laughs) Done. That was it. Like, he moved on to the next topic. And people in the room who really didn't like us, because I can only imagine the things that they spun. Like, what? Bad. We have a picture of the mayor walking next to a, was it a CSA? PSA, police service aide, or CSO, community service officer. I don't know what they were called at that moment. A sign was too big. So they took it off the strip in front of the station and walked it next to the firehouse. Now, at this time, we're not allowed to have phones on us except for coffee break, lunch, and after 4 o'clock on assigned time. It's 10.15. Coffee is from 10 to 10.30. And they walk right by the fucking kitchen carrying the sign like you could i wasn't working that day i might have been doing political stuff but i could hear from where i was the <laughs> all the pictures my phone starts blowing up and we can't get this on facebook fast enough you know where the sign appeared nobody knew where it went facebook's blowing up we're trying to get a hold of cook county officials and it's yeah it's election day good luck with that <laughs> behind the garbage can at the firehouse. And they're like, well, maybe the fireman put it there. Yeah, that's what, that's what you did. Right. <laughs> the guy we were backing. Another level of the fuckery. So going back to the kids, what, uh, what ended up becoming of that? We fought. We grinded. We won that unfair labor practice. In negotiations, we agreed, and they agreed, to get on the newer insurance and get, when the village offered it, we have a PPO1 plan, which the old guys are on, a PPO2 plan, which is still good, but more expensive, and an HMO. 
when they offered it to all village employees, nobody jumped ship. But they offered $2,000 for you to jump plans. Right. The mayor did trying to show the way, and nobody else did. So we talked to these guys, and they're like, hey, man, this is good insurance. And we're like, you don't have to. But this, I'm not saying it's holding up the contract, but if you agree to this, we could actually move forward. And they're like, this is good. I'll admit, we have very good insurance. It's been called Cadillac by some people in suits that are hired by the village. A retired <laughs> Who drive cop. fucking Cadillacs. Yes. A retired cop in a meeting when we went, we used to be self-insured when we went to Blue Cross Blue Shield. And a guy went in there, I don't know what you complain about, this great insurance. And he stood up and goes, I don't fucking need you to tell me how good the insurance is. I know the pay raises I gave up and the negotiation I did to keep it. I need you to tell me that it's the fucking same or get the fuck out. That guy talked for five minutes and left. It was <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I just want to put in perspective what, you know, from the beginning here, we had Kevin Casey on here, and he, he talked about the unions. And when he was, you know, these guys, you know, when they, I can't compare what those guys went through in the 80s um, to what you guys are going through now, but um, so that, you know, it's not about, making more money. Like Kevin said, it was there. He's not looking for a new truck. He's looking for new tires for his truck. He's looking, you know, if the cost of bread goes up, move my pay. Right. And, you know, if the cost of milk goes up, move it to, you know, uh, accommodate that. So, you know, when, cause there are people out there who like have no experience with the union and they only see that has these guys asking for more money. These guys asking for money, but the cost of living increases, you know, and right. after a four-year contract, you guys are left behind and you're just trying to make, make up that difference, you know, every new contract. So um, I just wanted to, you know, make that clear that this isn't about you guys just a money grab for you guys. This is just you guys trying to keep up with the cost of living and trying to get a fair wage. You guys aren't asking for anything ridiculous you guys aren't asking for anything that you're not, you haven't earned or, you know, are not deserving of for what you guys do. So um, we fought for five and a half years to get the raises that everybody else in our village got. And nobody got outstanding raises. Nobody got crazy raises. We are well within line of everybody else. And so was are you guys in, in line with the police are, are your contracts and your raises relatively in line with each other? Yes. Okay, so ten years ago we got a zero, and they didn't. But we have a much better relationship now, and the village is very good. Oh, I didn't say that. (laughs) We grind to the same. They usually don't let anybody bump up higher. The only unions it used to be us, the dispatchers, and the cops. Due to that rounder bill, where dispatch centers have to combine, not on call volume, on population. They are still trying to get their first contract, that combination thing. Our public works is not. The mayor stands behind his, well, ever since I've been mayor, non-union workers get the same raise as union workers. Sounds great, Greg. It's great for press. COVID hit. Everybody's fucking scrambling for money. Everybody got the same fucking raise. Now, mind you, we just signed our contract. The ink isn't even fucking dry. COVID hits, and they ask for 
two and a half percent raise to be paused. We're like, okay, gonna give us back pay on the tail end? Nope. So what do you want? We want you to pause it till January. Hmm. What are we gonna get? Right. I, and I'm like, show me the numbers, please. I get this typed up piece of paper. Doesn't show me last year's numbers. That's, I was gonna say, and that's the way the intelligent guy goes about it. It's like, you know, sure. What kind of, how bad is your hit that you're taking that I can't do this? Right. Show me at least, and I even said it because I worked that week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Give me a day and we'll talk. How about Wednesday? I got an electrician coming. Well, we need to talk Wednesday because this, I want to get it done. So the village is sweating us to hurry up. This smells like shit, but we all know you, the union always has to take the higher road. You have to be polite. You have to listen to them. It was a horrible pill to swallow, but I've gotten better with it. Okay, let's talk. When do you want to talk? Well, I'll talk with the village administrator. Well, the mayor's not available till. oh, man, I know how this is going to go. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Dealt with him enough. I, I Here we go. You could have picked the schedule. I, <laughs> Let me guess. He's going to be here this day. <laughs> so... Uh, Nice phone conversation with him, speaker phone. He's in the office with the village administrator. Pleasantries are exchanged. This may actually go good. We start chit-chatting and, all right, you sent me those numbers. I need you to explain it to me so I can. What do you need explaining? A five-year-old can see we're, we're having tax problems and money flow problems. I'm your salesman. If I don't understand it, I can't explain it to my guys. I'm not agreeing with anything you say, but... I, I need to understand it. You're also and, not disagreeing with anything he's saying. Agreed. Not agreeing, not disagreeing. I, I need to know. And a little bit of conversation there, and it's getting rough in a hurry. And Okay, well, you know what? Hold on. I get it. The mall's closed, but we got this open, this open, this open, and we got a Costco, and it's booming because everybody's shopping at the places that are open. Right. They can't right. keep toilet paper on the shelf. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Stole the words out of my mouth. So we have a discussion, and I'm really trying to be nice. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm really trying. They're trying me. <laughs> and the argument is starting to get away on me, and I'm like, you can't do this. You can't be the bad guy. You- Can you give me 10 minutes tomorrow? Just, I need you to show me the stats. Well, it's a rolling total. It's the- I don't care. I need to see last year's numbers and this year's, because all I got was what you guesstimate we're going to lose. I can't go to my guys like that. And I don't want to say, I started in accounting. I became business management. That's, 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 I could write this on toilet paper. Come on, man. An argument ensues on why, you what, you, we just settled it. You need to help the village. And I love this part. I'm trying to understand, Mr. Mayor, and you won't show me how. I'm trying hard, but I got a contract that says, fuck you, pay me. And I'm trying to understand it. So you can help me, or I'm just going to sit back on this contract. I don't remember the rest of the words. The village administrator was polite and said goodbye. The mayor (laughs) would not say goodbye. I just heard a click on the phone. I mean, these are the antics that happen. Fucking Polly over here. (laughs) As soon as it got out of my mouth, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have. And then it was like... You've been uh, dancing this dance for seven years. We're pot committed at this point. I live in town. I've called him a liar when he has lied in board meetings. 
After I read the voter no confidence, I swear to God, there were pitchforks and fucking torches in front of my house because people did not like the truth I spoke. I was called unchristian by people in town. I'm not making this up. <laughs> that's, a, that's an odd place yeah. to go with things. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, call me an mean, asshole, yeah. call me rude, call me... I'm unchristian. Wait a minute. Wait a second. I'm Lutheran, <laughs> right. but I'm not... <laughs> it's under the guise. It's under the guise. Yeah, so... Um, so Sorry, Chris. The three kids. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. No, no. Yeah, you got to reel so me glad. in, man. Just, just I'm so I glad we know. have Bugatti Bell. <laughs> just because I want to know. I, I don't know the story. So, um, but I, I think I maybe heard snips of it. So they end up. You guys settle out the. Um, you guys settle out the insurance in- situation. Yes. And was it the one kid gets injured? Or yep. okay, gets hurt on a job. Christ. <sighs> Bad he place to involved. get her on the job is North Riverside. <laughs> we have a chief at the time, and all right, he's hurt. He's going in for surgery. He's at Loyola. We visit him the next day. The engine company walks in, and he's like, the mayor was just here. Heal up. Do whatever you got to do. We'll help you. We'll support you. Something of that sort. I, I can't be quoted. Paraphrase. Yes. And... Even the guy's like, he was really nice. I felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> his, his parents were in the room. I mean, we took this kid under our wing. It was mom and dad. I don't think they were much older than me. They were great people. <laughs> Try and help them out. And whatever you need, let us know. Talk to it. One chief gets fired. Another chief comes in. You know, North Riverside, spin it for the fucking week. Which chief we have today. And while well, I'm in there at a... In the ULP discusses a lieutenant's meeting where the chief says, I'm fighting for him. We're trying to keep him. I'm, I'm working to make sure he, you know, we keep him on and doing the right thing and blah, blah, blah. I'm advising them to keep him. I'm advising them to keep him. This is the, the administration. The chief at okay. the time. My vice president is another lieutenant, Jason Williams. I was on his shift, or he was on my shift with overtime. North Riverside, it's almost one shift. <laughs> Who's off today? And we're upstairs in the duty lieutenant's office, and the chief's talking, and something of the sort of, I got to talk to you guys tomorrow at 1, and I got to call Gil and talk to him at 1.30. We're like, they only fire people on Fridays in North Riverside. Up until recently. That's, that's when they put out new policies, too. Right. The, fu- the four o'clock drop. Shift change. And we're like, you're going to fucking fire him. And he's like, I didn't say that. And the panic in his face, like, holy shit. Oh, boy. You are going to fire him. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to make a phone call. I got You didn't. I didn't say shit. You're going to fire him. Don't you lie to me. And it got, it got heated in a hurry. I oh mean, boy. like windows rattling, screaming and swear words and. Italian, I, right. yeah. I, ironically, this guy says absolutely nothing, and he said more than enough to tell you exactly what the fuck is going Boom. on. Boom. We get on a phone. The, the lawyer's scrambling. Okay. We're involved in a meeting. The young guy's with us, and lawyers are talked to. Ours is on the phone. Like, I want to be in there. Okay, I'll put you on the phone, walk in, and, well, you know, we're going to... What did he do wrong? We don't have to answer that. 
what did he not do that the other guys did? We don't have to answer. Who's that too? The chief or me? Either one of you can answer. We don't have to answer that. <laughs> okay, this is going to be, and it's the, this is a guy who wants to be here. He's probably one of the best guys to come through the door. You are making a mistake. <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. Right. Is, is he an at-will employee at this point? He's going through his probational period. He does, does he have actual protection under, under the He's union? got protection, all benefits, and there's another word in our contract, benefits and something he gets. He doesn't get the grievance process. So he, he really is susceptible right. to being fired. He got hurt on the job. You threatened to fire him already because of the grievance. So he's protected that way. But he, he now got, he has a target on him. Right. But it happened. Oh, I want to say he was hurt like who, five who months. Have a target on him over there. <laughs> hey, he just has a bigger target. Yeah. Okay. North Riverside, not a red light. Yeah, yeah same yeah. shit. <laughs> and RFD, non-refundable after you hire him. But um, we argued it like it happened. He got hurt. Heal him, and then there was this long, how's he doing, what's going on, and he was on the verge of being released, like right around his probie day. Well, he didn't fulfill his probation. <laughs> Tell me what. Yeah. Because the union had paperwork, because the union guys are the one who made one probie book right, and then made three. We got it from Broadview and, like, fixed it real quick because we yeah. couldn't find our old one because we haven't <laughs> had a probie, and, oh, my God. <laughs> We're missing two generations by us, and we did this at 100 miles an hour. Document, word, pull out Broadview, pull in North Riverside, and then, okay, change numbers. And All right, this is the rough draft. We need to edit it, and it never got edited. But we got copies of everybody's. What did he not do? What did he do? Because I know what he did when he was here. I know what he's done since. I've worked with all three. Doesn't matter. We don't have to answer that. Okay. You're stonewalling us. I get it. But they never gave a fucking reason. They just said it wasn't a good investment or some shit like that. Now, the chief at the time had said he had advised them to keep him. We sit down. Me. The probie. My VP. Chief's on the end of the desk. And the mayor. And it gets fucking heated. I mean, cuff fucking boom. Screaming Which is weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> See ya. Now, we walk out, and this is where there's a little discussion for the ULP. At what point the mayor said this. But all three of us overheard him say, I hire three fucking guys, and this is the shit I get? Holy fuck. You can't say that. And, like, we jockeyed this shit down, because now we got to go into a fucking right. meeting with the village administrator because he's got to go on Cobra and how, how he's going to get his last check and all of this leaving. And you just want to scream this is wrong, but you're stuck in this. That made it to the ULP, that fucking quote by the mayor. And in that ULP hearing, the chief was asked again, did you make any recommendations to keep him or fire him? No, I did not. You fucking liar. All of this time prior leading up to this. I've been telling him he's a great guy. They need to keep him. He'll be a good asset. Did you guys believe him at that point? Wouldn't it be hard to believe something like that after all you've been through? 
that this guy all of a sudden now he's going to be a good guy and back one of your guys who's really we had gone through one two three four if you count deputy chiefs he was our fourth under all this bullshit so here comes a revolving door he had an orange shirt he was at one of our rallies he was on our support north riverside page the minute he became our chief i might have removed him but you think like you got a prayer and at some point somebody's got to tell the truth you would think yeah we found out that was a lie yeah so he's gone they the ulp ordered him ordered them the village to reinstate him now we talked to him and like you'd fit great here you're a good kid a you could come in and just fucking grind their ass every day you show up because they don't like you. You will be one of us forever, whether you work here or not. Or you take your settlement and go work somewhere else. Because to work with a place that fought so hard to fire you, which, right. what mind fuck do you want? Yeah. Right. So he is currently working somewhere else. But he's currently working. Yes. Okay. He will forever be a two seven one four member. Good for him. Oh. <laughs> He's a nice kid. Great guy, man. I wish he stuck around. I won't lie, but he comes to our events. He's had some of the guys over at his house. He is just a solid, great guy. There. And you guys haven't like... filled that spot either, right? That's still an open spot. Depending on how you count. Oh boy. Yes and no. Hold on. Yeah. Copy core math theory. Carry the one plus two minus five. Yeah, we've had, we grinded that contract and we got a minimum of 13 for the life of the contract. They have not been able to get up to 13. Now I want to rip them into the ground and say they're, they're shysters and whatnot. COVID definitely threw a curveball in our last list. We you guys only got catch a break. One guy <laughs> off a list of 11. And he started St. Paddy's Day, and then the whole world shut down. Jesus. Yeah, man. He's the white cloud guy. He don't even catch fires. He caught his first real fire last night, the fatal in Berwyn. Oh, no so, shit. Yeah. Where were these 11 guy lists when we were getting hired? Steve? Yeah, I have no you know, clue. I fucking <laughs> My list was over three pages long. Fuck. So. Yeah, reel me in. No, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So. Where, where are we now in this fight? We have a contract. Okay. So all those doors are closed. Like, that was the thing. You, we settle a contract. It's done. Because circuit court said take it to arbitration. Appeal, appellate court said take it to arbitration. Illinois Supreme Court said we ain't fucking listen and just follow the other ruling. We got to arbitration, and here comes the luck of North Riverside. The arbitrator disappeared for like a year. <laughs> he got super sick pneumonia and something else. Jesus. Yeah. But in the ground rule meeting, they argued they shouldn't even be there. And they're like, well, we're going to the court case. And the arbitrator said, like, one of three things is going to happen. You're going to go to court, and they're going to rule. You're going to go to court, and they're going to bring it back here or we're going to settle it here. But in case something happens in court, let's set some ground rules in case we do come back here. I want to know how 
their lawyers like gobbled jumped, up jumped? millions of dollars of tax dollars. Well, besides, I mean that that's I, we we know how that that plays out, but how did they like jump over the appellate court and try to present your case to the Supreme Court? They went in order. They did. They went circuit. They appealed to the appellate court. The appellate court but agreed with But without you guys ruling. knowing, right? No, no, the appellate, we knew. The IFF still was covering those bills and lead counsel. And then when the appellate court ruled, the mayor said, we're done. So the IFF took him for his word and went away. Oh, they thought you were done at the appellate level, and they just kept going with it. Yeah. Oh, that's dirty that's pool, the, man. Oh, God. Well, the lawyers did it. I didn't know they filed. Or it's not filing when you go to the Supreme Court. It's a petition or something. Yeah. You didn't know? Wait a minute. You pay them. If I got a guy building a deck and he just builds another 35 feet and charges me, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? I smell bullshit. <laughs> well, while this, I mean, let's just forget that your jobs have been at stake for seven years. And during this whole time, how has been, um, you've been going any good fires out there? You guys been burning out there? Like uh, any memorable stuff happened in these past seven years? Work-wise, that's Amazingly, not union related? Amazingly, after the fight of this, during the fight, we've had more fires in town in that stretch, like the last couple of years than we've ever had. That's amazing. Like proving, yeah, that, hello. That, that you need more than three guys in a firehouse. Well, what, is, what, is, what does NFPA say? How many guys per rig? Um, supposed to be sixteen on the response. So for an in-town response. Yep. Now, do they include contract medics as part of that? Can you get away with that? I'm not sure how they count because that gets great right there, right? It, it, it does. Irwin comes with four. Force Park comes with four. Broadview comes with four, and we run with four. There's your sixteen. Now EMS by us is EMS. We actually, last lieutenant's exam, I-chiefs ran it. And they actually had an issue with the guys not putting the company paramedics to work. And they're like, why aren't they putting them to work? And it's like, that's not how this works this way. Thank God we had a guy sitting in to observe. Everybody did it, and they're talking it over, and they were going to just drill the guys. Hold on, time out. You don't understand everything going on here. Do you not pay attention? And some people don't. They have no idea. Have you guys, have you guys talked about trying to get your ambo back? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's a huge source of revenue for you guys. And, you know, it, EMS is what it is. You know, it's, it's really the money-making vehicle in that, in that firehouse. Yep. And that would help you guys a ton. And that's Last just, three contracts, we've gone after it. Yeah. And we've been told the ambulance is not on the table. Okay. You tell me you want to save money. We put out multiple ways to save money. Look at Berwyn. Look at Franklin Park. Look at River Forest, the Silver Spanner program. You front load the bejesus out of that on saving money. And then your junior guys, who are your cheapest guys, work. And then as you guys retire... Everybody shuffles. Were you guys oh, like again, considering like we, going through a silver spanner pro program? And you so put it on the what, table multiple times. Yeah, t as a way to bridge that gap while you are guys moving in the ALS. Yep. So Bensonville who, program too. Yeah. 
So people who don't know what the Silver Spanner program is, it's a part a department that's BLS, basic life support, where it EMT qualified, they're not paramedics. They want to move to ALS where they have paramedics. That, but it, 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 it can be a department that has ALS but they, already. They just can't staff an ALS. They just don't ambulance. staff their own ALS ambulances. Right, right. But the EMTs now have to go to paramedic school. And Sometimes. at that time, other departments will come in and who are qualified paramedics will River Forest and Franklin Park needed guys to go back to medic school to have enough medics on roster. Berwyn made it a, you needed to be hired as they started to go through. Only two guys, I believe, had to go back and get hired. We have changed our hiring requirements two lists ago, one list ago. Shit, it blurs together, I apologize. To require paramedic. Now, when they did that, I was out of town and got a phone call from the local paper reporter going, Chris, this is huge. This helps you guys down the road. And like all the positive of it, he told me over the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, you are 110% correct. It, it'll help us run an ALS engine in a couple more years. It'll help us if we want staff a second ambulance or staff the frontline ambulance if we get people in there who see the benefit of that. Does your mayor have a term limit? No. No? We do have an election in April, though. So, Chris, tell everybody out there listening, you know, I hear it a lot out there, uh, paramedics, a paramedic, and tell them what the benefit is of having a full-time career firefighter paramedic on the ambulance who's a a North Riverside employee or whatever village it is and not a private contract employee? In my opinion? In your opinion. The difference between a job and a career, plain and simple. Let's kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. All right, I will. We are career-driven people. We care about our jobs. Perfect example is North Riverside. We all could have went somewhere else and gotten jobs. We were all 10 to 17 years when the shit went down. Could have lateraled somewhere. The pride and drive to do a good job, the caring of the people, the this is my department, this is my neighborhood, this is my village, my town, my city, my district, whatever you want to call it. I'm not knocking Joe Q citizen. Sometimes they don't realize it. We are a part of the neighborhood. Every call we go on, that's our guy. Career guys, in my opinion, have that bond a hell of a lot stronger than somebody on a contract and I don't want to confuse people. Union guys have a contract to work for the village. Private. Contract, <clears throat> private contract people have a contract with the village to do that service and that only. And they are assigned to different departments. Right. We don't go anywhere, man. This is our career. Yeah, sometimes a young kid, sometimes someone. Mrs. Kalopchak on 6th Avenue is going to be there forever. 
Right. We know her. We see them grow up. We see the kid who was five years old who came to the firehouse every day is now 21 and moved in town. There is a bond. There is a connection. There is a, I won't say higher level of service, but a higher, I believe, a higher dedication. Well, in my opinion, it is a higher level of service. And when you have somebody who's employed by that municipality, that fire protection district, whatever it may be, and they're there for a career, they're going to take the time to know the streets. Yeah. They're going to take the time to know all kinds of stuff, the ins and outs of, uh, of the village and how things work. When you have somebody who comes in who's using your ambulance as a stepping stone, and let's be honest, a majority of the people that come and work for those contract providers, the private EMS providers, a lot of them are new. No, they're all they're all new. This is, like, this is how well I've, I've worked I, for a contract. You have Corey. Oh yeah. Have you Steve? Yeah. Like we've we've all worked for a contract and did. Going into that contract, did you think you were going to make a career out of that and be there forever? Absolutely not. Nobody does. It's a re- it's a revolving door. But some people do make a career out of it. Chris will tell you that. Yes. That, and that's fine. But I know that everybody at this table, that wasn't that wasn't the end game. Was the contract right? But the point I'm making is, is the revolving door, on top of the fact that Chris was vetted through a hiring process that is not comparable to filling out an application at Target or I was going to go there, but I, I wanted this. And you know what? First. Jewel's a union job, so let's take Jewel out of that. <laughs> right. Oh. Because <laughs> I wrote certificated. <laughs> Say it with me. Certificated. <laughs> because we the- fought, and there is now an Illinois state law like you can look through the laws that have passed in the past is like which, five that have North River Side on which is the one Oh god. <laughs> we were denied the right to ask for our certificated certificates. They're like, no, no, y'all do the same job. No, we don't. The background process, the hiring process that we go through through the civil service board, through the Illinois state statutes that demand that we go through this so that we have that your, your probationary checklist. Huge. Like yeah. these Sit are down all and things, take a test. Yeah. Like there's, I think there's a lot of things that a lot of guys or girls out there that, that are in the fire service that like we just take for granted. Like, oh, I got to take this fucking jag off test now on a Saturday. Like 600 and, but, questions, right, four 600 hours. questions. How am I going to figure this out? There's 500 people pass. in the room that right. she's like, well, we're not hiring anybody, but we're just making a list. Oh, I meant the guy who's hired. Oh, okay. Like, like right, I got to take, take this fire service via vehicle operator and a lot of people are like me me myself included i can't tell you how many class i've been to where i'm like oh one's just done but all of these things are things that establish us as professionals out there where just the hiring process of the written the physical just to get on a list now the background check the poly the psych the physical in depth it's not just an application come in talk hey you sound good go the whole commission that is set up, police and firemen, are held to a higher standard because we get the trust from the community. We're in people's houses at their worst day. Yeah, well, at, at the same time, you know, where I stand on this is, you know, uh, blatantly obviously, you know, I of course I'm union. 
And but I want to make sure that we're not shitting on the people who take those contract jobs. No, right? No. Because no. I mean, we've all done it, and I don't. I don't want us to come off like you know, like these guys who are taking those jobs are by any. You know, I I was excited when I you know I I got out of medical school and I had an opportunity to go to a fire. I didn't know any of the politics involved. Right. I had no idea. I thought. I was part of the department, you know, I'm hired as a medic over here. I'm part of this department and I get there and you have a different uniform. You have a different, you know, schedule. Things are very different. Uh, there are some places, I mean, uh, where you worked was very different. They had a whole, the, a huge separation. Where, I was very lucky that where I went on the contract, the guys were amazing. The guys were great. Still good friends with these guys to this day. Um, but there are contracts out there where, you, you eat separately, you're, you know, quartered separately, and there's a big division between the contract and the career guys. But, you know, I just, and there are some great, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't shit on, because we were, we were on those contracts at those times. So, um, you know, I just want to make sure we Thank you for clarifying this. that. I hope I didn't come across. No, 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 I, no, I, no. I, like, I, I think that equal to... Uh, equal to our side and our union presence and, and our politicians that represent us as well as the, um, uh, the lobbyists that represent us. There's the, I mean, our, our fight is not with the 24 year old kid who just got paramedic school. Nope. It's with the owner of that company or it's with the, it's the greed of that, co- it's the greed exactly. of that company. It's with the let's be honest of these companies. It's that, get that middleman company. It's paying that guy nothing. Right. And charging. And we got told in negotiations, well, it's the same guys. We hired what's-his-name off the list. Yes, you're correct. You had a great guy on a contract. He is a great guy. And every great guy that comes through there is not going to stay here because they're going to want... A pension. The better pay. Insurance. The real... Time off. The actual pay, not yeah. the bullshit pay. Well, and the and the like to not even take the pay, not half the pay. There sure, you go. Sure, but even taking pay off the the table, it's to become a part of a better system, a union that a professional fire department that trains their guys in a way that we're. And again, I'm not uh, not to take anything exactly, not to take anything away from from the private guys, but like I know the way that my particular uh, private private was ran relative to the way that I'm being led now quite different, you know, in, in regards to, again, there's a profession, there's a professionalism to, to the way that we are, you know, like I know when I'm dealing with, you know, Mrs. Whoever, like not only do I know I'm going to have to deal with her for a while, but she's going to have to deal with me for a while. Cause I'm not going anywhere either. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Yeah, well, there's good and bad, yeah, is what you're saying. Sure. Right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. It's a, again. She sees you up walking up the drive. How many, how no, many October? She, yeah. she knows what she's got. There you go. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Let me guess. I have to walk. <laughs> I mean, if you don't mind. <laughs> so what's in store for Chris now? Let's hear about the book, Chris. Oh, no, man. Right. My, struggle. my struggle. My <laughs> struggle. I, I have to say this. We got a guy, and we bugged the shit out of him. He's written one book. 
Well, like, you're going to write a book about this? Come on. Like, he has. It's a, uh, oh, damn, he'll kill me if I can't remember it. What was well, you better book? get him on the phone. What was right. that book? My life, my, I know, that, my that's, shoulder. That's, <laughs> I, I got to text him because he'll shoot me otherwise. General Malaise. And it, <laughs> if you read it, it's like you get after the first chapter and it burns through. And he is, he is my wordsmith. Hey, I got to oh, yeah. write a letter. I need you to, and he'll, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Austin, I didn't give you an idea. He goes, You've asked me how many times. I know what I'm doing. Okay. The source, huh? Right. No shit. He is awesome. Let me find him. Did we, are we skipping past stuff? What, uh, I don't know. Steve, Steve brought this giant stack of notes. He hasn't lifted up since he walked in. Well, I mean, look what he's got there. There's a he's lot got, he's got, um, he's got courtroom he, testimony on there. That's a, right. that's a fucking, uh, that is that's a subpoena. Yeah. He's, he's, he has uh, was this uh, article of the new seven year deal? Yep. He's got court document. I mean, Steve texted me because usually I start the show, and Steve, you know, f- this is the first time that right. that a non Vince has started the show, <laughs> and you know, and this, you know, Chris, like this was like Steve's big, you know, this is Steve's lane. Yeah. Okay, and so when. You know, we, we're finally putting this together, getting you on, you know. Uh, I'm like, honored, by the way. Oh, no. The, when you the guys honor, reached out, ours. I'm the like, there's no the fucking. Me? Are you out of your fucking mind? Well, <laughs> you see our track record? <laughs> <laughs> we can't get anything without being going to court for it to be okayed. Hey, well, well sure. I think you, you're going to wind up with an honorary uh, law degree after this uh, in union uh, yeah. labor relations. How about it? But um, I've had a few people like okay, when you retire, are you just going to find a niche in the union, like an AFFI position? And I'm like, if I can help anybody, I want to. Yeah. We had a an AFFI district meeting, Associated Firefighters of Illinois District. I believe it was one, four, and five, all in Northern. What used to be one, and then they split it up. And they, hey, you got to talk at this one. I'm like, excuse me? We're going to ring the bell that you guys still need donations. And at the time, we had just, I know I've said it a thousand times, but we had to change law firms. Dale Barry retired. The lawyer who was under Dale, Lisa, got wooed away to another law firm. In our eyes, you lost two lawyers who's protecting our ass. You have no faith in us. We got to go. Yeah. We owed $137,000 in change to that law firm couple guys who have investments and single guys and okay how much can you scratch together how much can you scratch together like how the fuck you guys are we gonna, were gonna come out off? of pocket for this Jesus guys Christ. who we knew had investments there was like three of us and like yeah, i don't know one guy goes i can write that check today we're like what he goes i can write you a hundred thousand dollar check today so we start negotiating with a law firm Derek Zidanovic, my secretary, my lieutenant. I was down in Nashville, like leaving to go on vacation with, I was meeting my brother and my sister-in-law, some more family. I'm like, are you good with this? He goes, I think I can do this. He got us down to a flat $100,000 from 137. So Richie, guy just retired, writes a check. and We go down to uh, Cornfield and Feldman and Take the L down, write this check, boom, to get us out of hock so we can jump fucking to get law firms. in with another lawyer. Right. 
So, I mean, that's straight out of, that's like, I can't even wrap my brain around, like, the fact that you guys are coming out of pocket to still continue your union fight for your jobs. Uh, are Set you guys still raising? Down, are, are you, you won't believe this one. <laughs> oh, you thought that was bad? Here comes the shoe. So we have this meeting, and Pat Devaney steals most of what I was going to say, but he words it so much better. He goes, we know we've said North Riverside needs help, and if you don't think they have any skin in the game, I'm here to tell you that not only have they doubled their dues again, each member has reached in their pocket $2,000 donation to the union, and every overtime shift, 100 bucks out of that check of, 100 of overtime, went to the union. During this fight, we quadrupled our union dues to try and grind this thing down. I cannot take anything away from every local that helped us. There are locals I will not remember, and I'll apologize for them now. For every union member listening to this, I respect all of you for digging in your pocket. There are a few that come to mind beside the Division 11 I said. Local 2 walked up and said, how much do you need? And this was at that meeting. I'm like, I have no fucking idea because I'm getting checks handed to me left and right right now. I don't know where we sit. Well, figure it out and give me a number. We had a guy, I think it was Collinsville. If I'm wrong, I apologize to the guy. He drove up to hand us a check in person, had one cup of coffee. We offered him, hey, man, we'll order pizza. We got leftovers. Sorry, we had a big lunch. No, man, I'm good. You want another cup? No, I don't want it. I just wanted to come up here and hand you guys that check in my own. I wanted to do Personally. it my, in yeah. person. Wow. So, Collinsville like, from downstate Illinois, Collinsville? Yes. Okay. I believe. Which is probably. not a close drive. No. Four, so, we do the accent hours? again? I just want to drive up here and <laughs> yeah, hand that check down south. my hand. He was so polite, and he wouldn't stay. We're like... You're up here with a right. good food. Is this pizza? Can, I mean, but what do you, you want? You can take a second cup of coffee, man. Right. Like, he it's wouldn't. All right. <laughs> he was to like, go cups. We're, not, we're not that bad off. <laughs> we took a picture, got it on our Facebook page. He was gone. Wow. And it was a, not a stump jumper truck, but he was from down south, and he right back in right. his truck and gone. Right. He didn't roll up in a fucking no. Cadillac. No. I mean, we got checks. Oswego. I don't mean to call him out, but they used to be a private Yes. And they went through their struggle and just turned around and like, we know the fight you're going through. Here you go. Lockport, 1544, oh, yeah. threw a big check. Yeah. Joliet, supported like mad. I mean, Bolingbrook, um, I'm missing. I'm Madsen. Well, I and, mean, these it, guys, it, and these guys all came out, supported you guys, uh, tossed some money your way, which is no, I mean, um, I got to tell you, for... For fireman to take his wallet out sometimes. The moths just going. These to they used to make fun of uh, uh, Joe. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. They said they said every time he opened up his wallet, uh, Abraham Lincoln had sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, no, it's a- well. Chris, is there? Are you guys are still in the need for uh, funding, right? You guys any help? Like um, you guys, we are you actually coming up. We're positive because Vince can write you a check for a hundred. Right, you thought that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta go back. The guy's book is "Smile on Your Brother: A Family Still Hears the Echoes of Vietnam." It's an awesome book. The guy writes amazing, and the reason I bring him up is yeah, not yeah. to plug his book. Yeah, no. But you want to talk about ties to the past? 
His father was a Brotherhood of the Barrel guy from the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So he's got the signs he just retired, talker. or is he? Not yet. Next okay. year sometime. Oh, wow. And that's the author you guys are giving the nod to. Yeah. Wow. And he's the guy, I won't, I would bet he writes a book. It may not ever be published, <laughs> but of all the bullshit that happened by I'll us. Bet. Holy shit. Yeah. So you you don't have anything coming up like that we can promote for you guys? Fundraiser? No. We did. We had our spaghetti dinner, but COVID shut it down. So next year we'll probably do it. Well, we want you to keep us up to date and let yeah. us know where we can help because, you know, this is this is a fight that everybody needs to be involved because it your fight affects all of us. Yeah. You know, like all the help and support that you got is because everybody else feels the same way. Like the you know, only reason we're North still Riverside. here is because of the support. The only reason local two seven four one two seven one four. Yeah, I tripped that I'll up. I'll tell you. I'm you looking at the other one. Get right another now. beer. Get another beer. <laughs> I started thinking about the video I did for the AFFI conference, and I'm like, <laughs> use the same words. The only reason this local is here is because of the support of every other local that stepped up and helped donated guys out of their pocket, unions out of PAC funds and all that other crap. I mean, we had people on the street dropping off money once we started winning. Yeah, it's just, uh, what, what, what's Chris drinking? I'll take a light. I'm still good with light or whatever. I'll drink a light. I'm having the good stuff. Thank you, buddy. All this union talk gets just powerful thirsty. I'll tell you, I never thought, when I moved into North Riverside, I just wanted to enjoy, be cool, retire, drink beers with my neighbors. I never thought I'd be the annoying guy in board meetings. I never thought I'd be the guy mentioned or the guy from the group mentioned at an IAFF convention fucking anywhere. I never thought I'd be on a big screen. I never thought North Riverside would be so famous in such a fucked up way. <laughs> I mean, you guys are so famous, you're on Chicago's Bravest Stories. Exactly. If that, Look at this. If that doesn't show you how famous you've become. <laughs> if fame or infamy. All of know. Corey's <laughs> aunts. <laughs> all four of Corey's aunts. And his mother-in-law. And his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law is we'll our, top, our top <laughs> listener. They Gosh. all four Thank will you, know you're the best. about the story of your struggles. So... They, Listen, um, the legendary following of Chicago's <laughs> bravest stories. Cor, Corey and his plight. <laughs> um, all right, Chris, let me ask you something. What if, let's say that there's a department out there that is on the fence on becoming maybe affiliated with the IFF or the international? Did I use the right term? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you tell them for or against? Probably not against at this point. but <laughs> I've been asked by a couple. Um, Broadview just switched over. Friends yeah. with a couple guys from there. Uh -huh. And a lot of discussion on that and why. And I don't want to knock another union. Sure. But I don't think there's another union that represents us as well as the IFF, and on a state level, the AFFI, Associated Firefighters of Illinois, is one of the best, I believe, organized state-level 
associations there are. We're in the 8th district, which is like Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan. I forgot the other ones. Ohio. Ohio, thank you. Talk to Sanders, and you do the PEP, which is a training thing, and you get down there, and you hear other people's problems, which is kind of like us sitting together and bouncing shit off. All right, we're not the only one fucked up. Yeah. We're drunk, so. Right. No, no. Well, yeah, we're not alcoholics. Nobody's going to a no, meeting. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not quitters. There you go. Take that back. Edit that. The AFFI is a good organization with a lot of training and a lot of help. Like, my God, man, I didn't know half these locals. And they just come up out of nowhere and they help. And they're and we are not a right-to-work state. AFFI is an awesome association, brotherhood, they have a lot of resources, education, and helping out locals. You, I can only imagine the struggle or to get your head around jumping from a different union into the IFF or the organizing and going forward. And it, it's got to look like a monster step. There are people that are so helpful. There are other locals that have, have the same... F- Problems that those departments that may you're be going having. through right now. Right, they've. Been, we're not recreating a wheel. Somebody's already been there, done that, and figured out. Hey, man, this is a shortcut. Let me help you. Right. I would suggest anybody reach out to anyone. I reach out to me. Yeah. I, don't, I got no problem helping anybody. Oh, yeah. Going back to that district meeting. Yeah. Where Pat Devaney said on how everybody dug in their pocket, the place went up for grabs. They asked me to speak. I basically say the same thing, and everybody's in there. We're working 72, 96 hours. 48s are like dropping dimes, no problem. Right. Everybody's doing this. I don't like speaking in public. So I have like three minutes, and I start, as my guys call it, kerbalising, sweating profusely. <laughs> you walked in the door. We had right. a little bit of that going yeah, on. Yeah, we had right some right. of that going on. Was, it was yeah, awesome. I was going to hand you a towel. It happens. Yeah. It just, I breathe, and it happens. I didn't even notice. So I step <laughs> outside. Because you cool leave her, so. Another local walks up, and he goes, hey, do you mind? I, I don't want to throw the guy under the bus or call him out, but. He's got some issues, and he wants to talk, and he's like, would you mind coming? I go, I'll meet you for coffee. I'll meet you for breakfast. He's way up freaking north somewhere, and I'm like, I don't care. He goes, if you guys can go through what you did, we can do whatever we want. I just need the motivation. I'm like, we didn't do a damn thing but what we had to. Yeah, It's like showing up on a scene and being told, go. Right. It's right there. Okay, you're going to do it. They came after our livelihood and our careers. Right. All the guys I work with, I, I – I love saying my guys because I am so proud of the people I am in this union with. But they're not my guys. They're my brothers. It wasn't a me thing. It was an us thing. Yeah. And we just did it. There was no choice. You're trying to take our career away. I I was going to say that's the most ironic part of this whole thing is that everything, at least from what, what I've heard, everything that was done up to this point that you guys dealt with. Oh, nice job, Steve. Um, You're the one that fucked it up. Everything that was done to this point from you guys was reactive. Yep. Like, you guys didn't go out looking for a fucking fight. You guys didn't say, hey, you know what? How about how about 25%? And they're like, oh, we can maybe do 20, 23. And you're like, hey, you know what? Fuck you. You know, like, that, it, nothing like that transpired. Everything you guys did was reactive. And, uh, again, these, these like, 
like you said early on in these subtle digs here and there were all were all seem to be a ploy to really tear you guys apart from the inside out and and you guys stuck you know you guys i would say that that the thing that impressed me most about about north riverside guys at this point is how how well you guys stuck together because for for it to be however many guys for there not to be one or two or seven guys to just be like hey you know what i see the right on the wall i'm jumping you know, and, and for you guys to have stuck together as or well Or you, you guys did. could have taken that deal right. that they offered yeah. you. You would have taken that deal, and they offered you your regular salary, right? Base salary. But your, your base salary. But you were not going to be unemployed. Right. You know, and there were for, some for them guys to who even dangle that the in barrel front of the gun. Yeah. There were some guys, rumored, right, who had the 20 years who are like, I can do this. I can do this another 10 years. I could cash out, retire what I got, and then take that job. And it's like, what? Right. So you're good, right? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Nice for you. (laughs) There were pockets of leadership that certain senior guys should have filled, and they didn't. And since they hadn't hired, the middle guys, which was I was one of, were still looked on as junior guys. Right. So now you got the tail. Junior guy with 15 guys with 15 years on. Yep. Yep. We had a guy just retired 20 years. He was junior guy of a shift up until St. Paddy's Day this year. With how many years on? He retired with 20 years. And he was September the junior 19th. Guy? Junior guy till March, whatever St. Paddy's wow. is. Sounds at me. Sounds like me at the old firehouse <laughs> on the ambo oh, for fucking can, eight years. I can get used to this. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, have two generations of firefighters missing. Yeah, we have a ten-year gap between two, almost ten years between two guys, and then like seven between another guy. Wow, just gone. Huh. Did what kind of uh, what kind of litigation came out of this up to this point? Or not litigation. What kind of uh, uh, laws were passed from uh, what you, legis- from the ballot? legislation? Thank or? you, thank you. That's a good word. Yeah, the certificating. Yeah, certificating. You can <laughs> request it at any time because it was actually ruled against this that we should have asked earlier, and we're like, how did we even know that this was going to come up? So downstate passed the law that you can require it at any time. So we came right back and. We went through this process. We're certificated. Boom, got that one. Um, substitution. We didn't help that one, but when that one came out, that was huge for helping us. Yeah. So it wasn't a North Riverside law, as some people have called it, but we benefited a lot from it. There was one on how... And which one was that one? Substitution one Act? You? Yeah. That one was monstrous. What was that, too? If you... You as a village. Here, Chris, get in that microphone a little bit. Sorry. There I didn't go. want to get too loud. I heard <laughs> no, no, myself. No, no. It's, so, it's so hard. We, with the we explained we have an Asian guy that uh, tones you down. So. Oh, Steve, he can't say that. I don't I think he can twice. say that. Can he say that? definitely can't say that. I'm sure he can, but I know y'all got to edit that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm definitely leaving that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'm fired. If you want to hire, if you as a municipality want to hire somebody to do my job and substitute a full-time certificated member the union has to agree to it so it has to go through negotiation if we say no 
You can't do That's it. it. Boom, yeah. done. It's not a point to be talked about. Nope. Um, and the certificating thing was um, you a, a credentialed through, member. Okay, gotcha. You went through the civil service hiring gotcha. process. Okay. And you've been certificated, and you get a certificate. Now, Ooh. in our argument yeah. against us, they're like, you all have the same certificates. Uh, you're, your a medic, you're a medic, you're a medic, you're a medic, you're a fire too. Yeah, right. and it's like, no, that's not what we're saying. They tried to blur that line so bad. Oh, bad. That, that's a even good. the arbitrator was like, "Hold on." Right. That's a good side to be on for them is to say, "Hey, these are you know these are similar qualifications." Well, but, I mean, that's the obvious defense right? for. They got the same piece of paper. They're doing the same job. They tried. Hard. I'm a, I'm amazed that an arbitrator saw through that. Yeah. Be honest with you. God bless them. Because you look at you look at it on paper, you'd be like, "Well, that does make sense, right?" Dale Barry had multiple Dale Barry moments <laughs> through this, like where he just, he's got his cheat sheet and he sets it down and he just goes off and he's quoting law and statue and even their lawyers stop and just, and all right, Blew it up. He, done, done. You can't even defend it. He just destroyed your argument. Hmm. Well, you know, we're, we're, already beyond the point where this is definitely going to be a two-part episode you know so can we go back and you know can we go back to your firefighting career sure for a sec? oh real quick um the, oh okay what what wherever other, you want to go you I'm, I'm willing. Willing. yeah what uh, uh what else came out of this we talked about the certificate and we talked about the um well anything else that you could think of steve no okay you I mean, he's got a con- they got a contract now. You guys should. Uh, Seven-year grind. Wow. All right, Vincent. Sorry. I just want, you know, this is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole one thing pension thing. Yeah, 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 he just gave them the number one pension uh, gesture. I, I can't, you know, because we, we, we've kind of, with everybody that's come on here, this is, you know, one that we just came out of, of the gate and just hit it hard union stuff. But because of the nature of the podcast, I kind of wanted to get back and talk to you about your first fire. Yeah. You know, I, let's talk about, like, you being a fireman. Let's, let's give your brain a break, enjoy your beer, and right. let's talk about, like, where were you? Were you in North Riverside? For your, were you a fireman prior to getting to North Riverside? I was a cop. Oh, that's right. That's right. Gross. So yeah, but you weren't one of these <laughs> cops that went into a fire, oh. like all cops do. No, I I didn't melt my. Uh, I wasn't there long enough. <laughs> I was I was so that you didn't even guy. Get through, uh, probation, right? <laughs> Not even close. What a great decision. Oh God, I, uh, <laughs> was it really? We just talked about the last seven years of his oh, life. Yeah. Hold on, yeah. I, I had guys to ask me, and they're like, "Do you?" Win? I go, "If I would have stayed a cop, I probably I would have been a sergeant, not right. fucked with the last six years." <laughs> I would have punched that sergeant in the fucking face that told me to take the job. That's what I would have done. But you would have not. Would've... You would have not have been on Chicago's Bravest Stories. Agreed. <laughs> I would have been listening to and going, "Listen to this asshole." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the lie. Right. <laughs> I actually, I got hired by the cops. I did my power test September-ish, got into the Chicago Police Academy as a Metro guy. I got a week to go. Like, you're wrapping up, you're dressing up in uniform. They're allowing you, you're not allowed to carry, but you can wear your uniform. So you're there. I get a phone call from the fire chief. Uh, and I, dude, 
it's an everybody says it's an awesome problem to have. The stress of that sucks donkey balls because you're like, right. oh God, what do I choose? How do I how do I, fuck that? I'm glad I picked the right one, but I did. Did you? A did you month. know? <laughs> I, my opinion still, even with a Good. few more of those. Good for you. I love this job. Still. So, uh, how many years were you in when you got to your first fire? First year. First wow. year. First year. And it wasn't so you're in still, town. You're still a new guy. You're, oh, yeah. You're mutual aid. Junior as fuck, all the way to Berwyn. Monster four story. So you your Building first one was a battleship. Good one. Someone yeah, as you guys call them battleships. <laughs> we call them oh fucks. Uh, go up there and my my lieutenant, Ted Sesniak, was a chief, got knocked down. They made him a loot. Politics back then were fucked up. My first year, I was working under a lieutenant who had more years on the job than I had on the earth on a rig, one of the rigs. More years, it was older than me, and Hose was older than me. I mean, it was a clusterfuck. You're like, what the hell? And we go into one of these battleships, and it's smoky, and all right, go search pound doors. And he's like, stay on my ass. You're my responsibility. Don't fuck. Well, he didn't swear, but it was, I forgot it what was he used for fuck. It was understood, not It was understood. So it's straight up the stairs. You get to the You're third floor. You're just doing truck work at this time? We came in mutual aid. If it was a side street, it was an engine. If it was a main street, it was a truck, but... Whatever the fuck you showed up and they told you to do, just do it, kid. <laughs> just go. Okay. Get to the top of the stairs, and the hallway goes this way. A little bit of smoke. I turned around, looked at the other guy behind me, came back, and this six foot three, 280 to 300 pound Pollock is gone. I turned around that fast, and he is gone. I lost him. We are kicking in doors and knocking on doors and just open them. If it's, we go down one hallway, knocking on them. Now you come back forcing them. Bashing this door because I'm young, dumb, and full of strength and fuck this finesse shit. I'm just beating this door open. I mule kick the fuck out of this door. This door swings open at a high rate of speed, hammers the wall, starts coming back. And this old lady with two little suitcases like she was waiting for the door to open. <laughs> the fucking building's on fire below her. We're searching the floor above. And out she comes like she's got to get on a bus. Are you the taxi? <laughs> Head down right by. Ma'am? Ma- ma'am? Ma- what the? Don't worry about it. Just go to the next door, kid. But she's I almost hit her with the walking, door. So. Right. Walking and talking is still walking. Yeah. Oh, God. Stupid. Stupid. Couple after that, I don't think I had a fucking year on. Five weeks, five stitches. I'm five <laughs> weeks on a fucking job. I catch a fire a block from where I live. Because I grew up in Berwyn. I'm still at home with my parents. And literally, it's my room was up in the attic of a bungalow. Look out my fucking bedroom window. That apartment building right fucking there. You heard the address and you're like, that address sounds familiar. Uh, that's fucking close. So we go around, <laughs> go in, and there is Berwyn's making a great stop. When they got up there, because we pull up and there is fire blowing out second floor. I don't mean a little. I mean the whole front of a two flat, all the windows, fire blowing out. Okay, Burns going up front to hose, North Riverside, go up the back and search. And I'm dumb because I was a cop. <laughs> I don't have much training. I go, we're going up with what? Just go up and search. I, 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 where's a hose? <laughs> don't worry about it. You'll be fine. I get up there and it's an enclosed back porch. And 
every fucking square inch is glass. They made it nice and screen. My lieutenant, the big Polak, take it all out. Okay. I go to town. I don't feel a fucking thing. <laughs> every piece of glass is gone, man. I go in. We start searching. Bells go off. And it is the old school hose down, as we no. all know, the donkey dick. Oh, yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. Just tuck it, tuck in, it in your shirt. Tuck it in so your I do. Yeah. I put it in my jacket. And as I pull my hand out, where's all this blood coming from? <laughs> oh, boy. What the fuck? Oh, you're fine. You f- what happened to your glove? I don't fucking know. So now. Not, it's not- attached to my hand that's on the first floor. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk out onto the porch. And I'm like, no, nah, that can't be me. We get down the stairs. And I take the helmet. I don't think nothing of it. Because it, it really didn't look bad. I'm like, that can't be me. We get down on the bottom. I'm going to go to take my mask off, and hey, you got blood on your mask. What the fuck? And now it's it's on my mask, and my glove is now saturated. Well, I don't mean a little that's wet. That's concerning. I'll tell yeah, you. <laughs> it's, they were tan gloves, and the whole top was red. I don't mean a little, like dripping. And I'm like, what the fuck? Take the glove off, and now there's a little bit of pain. There's a chunk of glass in there. Oh, fuck. He's like, you got to go. This is going to be a thing. And all they want is a Band-Aid. Because I'm a probie. I don't want to be in trouble. I walk up to the chief. I go, hey, I need a Band-Aid. And he laughs at me. Now, he is very good friends with my lieutenant. They've worked the job forever together. He goes, kid, you need a lot fucking more than a Band-Aid. Go see the ambulance. So I walk down to the side street. I lived two doors off of the side street I got to walk to. My father, my dad, is part of the fucking uh-oh squad to the point of he's not a block captain, but he fucking knows everybody. <laughs> and this fire came in at like 8 o'clock. So right. he's out right, walking. Right in the wheelhouse for the mayor to show up. <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> fuck me. I turn the corner, and I see him walking a block away. Now there is no fucking way I want my father to see me. I'm hurt, and I got to go to the ambulance. So I stick my mask back on because it's the only thing I can think of to conceal who I am. I walk into Berwyn's ambulance, and they're like, what the fuck you got your mask on for? And I'm like, I don't want that person to see. What is it, your neighbor? It's my father. Oh, we'll call him. I'm like, don't you dare. Show them, they're like, oh. I'm like, can I get a Band-Aid? They're like, no, that's not a Band-Aid, man. We got to take you. <laughs> that ain't a Band-Aid job. No. So my first experience going into the ER, they didn't, like take me, they didn't let me take shit off. I dropped my pack, and they're like, stop, let's go. Chief, at the time, old school Italian, he beat me. Chris shook his fist. Everyone oh, totally. <laughs> you got to hold those three fingers. Yeah, I know. That, that's key. Like, when you live in, like, Berwyn, Cicero, North Rivers, like, that area, even if you're not Italian, you're still Italian. It just kind of happens because yeah. everybody grew up with them peoples. Uh, yeah. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? <laughs> well, it, yeah. You know. So he walks in, I, and he's already, like, making a production. I walk in, and I'm like, can I just sit down? Packs in the ambulance. He took it. I am still in full gear, and they are as polite as can be. And did it. And now this very good-looking nurse goes to give me the shot to calm that down, so they can sew it up. The lidocaine <sighs> burns. I'm a, uh, I'm a, are you okay? <laughs> I gotta lay down a minute here. Oh God, there was. Five weeks on the job, five stitches. And then the erection popped. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was PG. (laughs) No. (laughs) There have been times, I I will admit, I can't believe I get paid for this. And there are times like, you want me to do what? (laughs) And that one, as everything was rolling out the front window as we pulled up. I mean, it's like every window let go at the same fucking time. 
and out the front it went. I'm like, I don't know about this. I will give you this story. Yeah. There was a time, fuck, a year on, maybe two. I thought I had to quit because I didn't have the, the mons for this. <laughs> now, we go mutually to Berwyn. Okay. It's a frame house, three-story, ripping on the one side, and up there, Quint, we go. And I get told by my lieutenant, stay on the ladder. Breezy day, medium-duty ladder. Oh, yeah. Swaying in the wind, man. Like, okay, I'm on the roof, and I'm not even fucking close. And over the roof they go, the yeah. peak. Yeah, I got to time this when I'm jumping. Right, and just stay there. Now I see two guys stand straight up. Now the pitch looks like a motherfucker. How the fuck are they standing? How? There's, that's not possible. There's no way they can stand straight. I can't stand straight up like that. I can't do this. I can't do roof work like this. Oh, here's the thing. Bobby's a rougher. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, they are. And one of the guys is bigger, and he is swinging with everything he's got to make this hole. Make the hole, and now they punch it through, and I'm like, I can't. I got to get out of the way for a guy who can do this. I can't stand on a roof like this. Right. This is going through my head as I'm swaying on a ladder, and, hey, are you going to go down? And I look up, and they're all coming off the roof because I am now lost in my thoughts of, I can't do this. What? This is shit. Why, why can I? they have you stay on the ladder? Proby, don't don't oh, get hurt. You stay there. Still a, okay. Now they scamper up and go over, and I'm like, how? I got to be a cop again. <laughs> I, I I can't hold this job up to somebody who can do it like that. And I am in my mind. How am I going to quit? And these are two salty guys. They, yeah, all three of them. Yeah. Now Dave, David, a couple more years than me. Doug had a couple more than him, and fuck Ted been there since they went full time in '68. So, yeah, this is 99 <laughs> or 2000. Right. I'm like, fuck. And I am in my head like a motherfucker. And I hear, oh, thank God that was dormant on the other side. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't you see? It was almost flat. Son of a bitch. They're like, why? I'm like, I thought you guys were roof gods. They didn't let me live it down for like a month, man. The whole time you're on the ladder thinking, these guys have ankles like a llama. <laughs> How the fuck are you walking this? Or uh, in Niedermeyer's case, an alpaca. Oh, alpaca. the old alpaca. The old alpaca. Which apparently there's a big distinction. I just talked to Chuck on the way in. Stop it. <laughs> Make this part of the episode. <laughs> we, we are checking in with... We checked in with the great... Captain Chuck Niedermeyer. Also known as his wrestling, what was also his wrestling also known as what was his wrestling name? It was like JT Cool or something. Oh, like that. it was something. It was not JT. You're the cool. wrestling guy, Steve. Yeah, but this is this like, is your thing. This yeah, is, this is before I was born, dude. Did he? So we, Chris, sorry, Chris, go for it, man. <laughs> <Not to take laughs> I'm like, woo-hoo. not to take anything away from your struggle, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, this he was um, Aurora fireman. We or Aurora captain from Aurora. Um, Chuck's doing great, by the way. KC Knight. KC Knight. KC Knight. Was God bless was. you, KC yeah. Knight. So, um, yeah, and uh, we interviewed him. He had a couple really interesting. So he was first engine on the scene, I think, for the Aurora shooting. Oh, fuck. he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't first, but he was ended up on a task force that went inside, uh, right. and then uh, he made a grab. We we got in contact with him because he had made a. Uh, uh, grab by himself. Uh, oh yeah, and a yeah, little girl. girl. Yeah, some fourteen-year-old yeah. uh, girl or something like that yeah. in the basement. And that was like we we just reached out to him for that, and 
first off, he was an awesome guy. Um, but a, he, a character. Like, yeah, like we, Aren't we opened all? up. Yeah. yeah. We opened up the can of worms on this guy because, like, that was like the that was like the bomb of the barrel shit that we ended up talking to him about was that that grab in the basement. But Chuck's doing good. He's still working. Um, he's getting ready to sell his house. Okay. He's Any like, prospect? The farm? <laughs> yeah. The farm? Yeah. He's I'm getting like, rid of the farm? I'm like, oh, cool. But, uh, that's all right. My kids don't want to ride on a horse ever again. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's like, uh, I'm like, oh, well, what are you going to do once you sell the house? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, you going to go somewhere? Like, don't you have fucking animals and shit? And he's like, eh. I'll figure it out. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I mean, this guy was the Windy City Wrestling, like, intercontinental champion. He, and we didn't even oh, mention it. And save, we didn't even know about it. You got to save it. Did, intercontinental <laughs> champion. We didn't even mention it. I did float. This would be a good update for Chuck, too. I did float the idea of having Chuck come back, because we later found out about his, his career, um, about him coming back. But we were then going to interview his personality as <laughs> as a professional as wrestler. a professional wrestler. Like, I, uh, are you going to tell him or just spring it on him? Well, I well, tried. He, he told I, him. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you were met with certain resistance. He, right? He was not super thrilled about yeah. it. To, to oh. say the least. He wanted to body slam you. I'm like, I. He was huge. He was yeah. fucking huge. If you, if, everybody oh, out God. there, Google. Casey Knight. I uh, don't Google Casey. Google, Knight. Google Casey Knight. <laughs> yeah, uh... Sue, don't All Google right. Casey. Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was super interesting. Back yeah. to Chris. So, yeah, Chris, so... your wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> Man. So, is there anything else that we can do to help you guys out? Is there anything that we can promote for you guys? As soon as we figure out a fundraiser, I said, let's get that spaghetti thing going, man. I'm starving. Yeah. Oh God, we got. <laughs> it's all homemade. Oh, that's, like we start brewing well, the hold sauce. On a Do you get mutual aid from Berwin for the spaghetti? They come visit. Okay. We welcome everybody and anybody who wants it. Like Berwin, when the VFW was still open on 15th and Harlem, Harlem, <laughs> we would welcome anybody who showed up, and Berwin would send. The house is north of the tracks, and then, like, one guy would run up sometimes. Forest Park would come over. Oak Park sent a couple guys sometimes. Because there's a certain guy who bottles sauce over there. Mario. <laughs> hey, Paisan. Yeah. yeah, he's got good sauce. But we got a guy who makes his own, and it's, fuck. I think one year we did 25 gallons. Hell yeah. Well, and you I, definitely we, have to let us know when that's, because we're, we're definitely coming to that. And we're moving on to our... Wrapping up our third hour. Holy shit. Does time go fast here or what? <laughs> God. So I, and we have a rule here at hour three, we bust into the whiskey. So okay. unless, Steve, you got anything else? We got two things. Lay it on us. Corey, your question? Uh, I didn't mean oh, to go on for a while. I have a good feeling about this one. Oh, I think so, I got too. a good feeling about this one. All right, so it's... It started as my Should team. I be worried? Vince kind of took it. I'm, I'm worried. I didn't take it. I handed it off oh! to you. Oh! He, he teamed me up. Yeah. So, um, I, just, I just put it on the tee for you. Gently. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris, ball bus around the firehouse. Been around for 20 years. You've seen a bunch of good ones. <laughs> what is the best. Oh, Christ. What is the best firehouse prank Ooh. you've seen or been a part of or orchestrated? Inside of this career, make up. I know it, it, 
I was here's the thing. I mean, he I was really trying put to you prep on the spot. You. I was trying to prep you on this one earlier, and then they they got it. Vince is uh, getting ice in the racks glasses. We did have a guy because we're across from a golf course. Sure. You know how guys love their car. Uh-huh. The golf ball through the windshield sticker that okay. looks totally fucking believable. Oh yeah. At a distance, it's got a it's got a golf ball in the middle, right? Right. Yeah. And our station is right across from Riverside Country Club. So you, <laughs> so you look out the window and you're like, holy fuck, what is that on my windshield? A uh-huh. couple guys went full-blown, like, losing their shit, called the Country Club. All and, bad. like, you got to stop them before that call connects. <laughs> I might have been a victim to that one. Oh, they hit you with that one? Oh, yeah. We Pranks, we did tone down some because... Well, all the bullshit going can, on. Yeah, you got we written have, up seven times a day for doing the right thing, let alone for... There, there's a lot of shit talking by us. Yeah. Like, we go way deep. Like, we will slam the bejesus out of you talk about your family and wish oh, bad yeah. on you at a level where it was going back and forth, and one guy might have said, hey, aren't you flying on vacation today? Yeah. I hope your plane crashes. And all of a sudden, that was too far off the level. <laughs> that was the line, huh? That was the line that put it over the edge. But the discussion before that yeah. was right in line with it. <laughs> I mean, we are assholes to each other. I know everybody says that, but it is brutal by us because of what we've been through. Right. It is just, right. there is nothing off limits. I was going to say, at that point, what can somebody say to you that's going to make you feel bad? <laughs> Are you going home? I hope you crash in your car. And you, it, 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 I mean, yeah. some of us are brutal. I got to say, like, I not, again, I feel bad we put you on the spot. But, like, we've had some fucking solid ones lately. <laughs> like, I'm trying to remember the last couple ones, but they were like. Well, Tim Walsh's hard-boiled eggs one. Yeah. that was Hard-boiled I mean, eggs? Well, they, they, all, they, they shopped the night before for, like, their for Sunday breakfast. breakfast and... So they have all these eggs. So the shift before went and hard boiled all their eggs, and we're talking like hundreds of eggs. Fucking <laughs> like with they people. bought them in bulk. <laughs> yeah. So Fucking with bo- food, man. That that's like over <laughs> the edge. Gear. Food and gear I mean, was always. Come on, I was I'm, always I'm skinny, right? <laughs> oh, I know. So uh, wrapping things up, if there is anything that you could tell a group of new, brand new firefighter paramedics. Uh, we're probably beating a dead horse here. No. If 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 you could, if there's one thing that you could tell a brand new group of firefighters, paramedics coming out of the job, what is it that you're going to tell them? Shut up, listen, and get involved. Because when we got on, we didn't understand what this was about. How it takes all of us years to figure this out. I came from a union family, and I don't understand. I didn't understand it getting in. There's a reason we are how we are. You need to listen. There are guys who have knowledge that aren't going to tell it to you at first. You have to listen to that salty guy. I did not like it when I started. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the union end of this or the brotherhood of this. It takes years to absorb it all. Listen to that old salty fuck. He's been there. He's fought the fight. He's done the job. You need to understand him. Especially millennials. They get a bad rap. There are some that are fucking amazing guys. There are some that are lazy as fuck, but they're learning. We as kids all had jobs before 16. Probably two or three of them. It's not the way anymore, so the work ethic has to be learned. 
as guys of our age, we need to give them a, a chance. But millennials, you need to listen to understand it. Because unions are more important now than ever because of the protection that it gives you as an employee who wants to do his job. Well, Chris, we thank you for coming out. We appreciate you coming to do the show. We've been trying to get you in here for a while, but I apologize about the delay, man. Look, seventy-two hour, ninety-six hour uh, shift. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. So, uh, thank you, thank you for fighting the good fight. We appreciate it, and uh, and uh, cheers, cheers, cheers Cheers for coming in. Cheers uh, to victory, to victory, victory. victory. (laughs) So, boy, there you go. If you're a fan of the podcast, uh, please support the podcast uh, so we can keep bringing it to you all free of charge. Go to www.chicagosbravest.com or www.chicagosbravestories.com. Hit up the podcast shop. 100% of the proceeds of the podcast shop goes to support the show, the production of the show, and, again, so we can keep keep bringing it to you all free of charge. Thank you, and have a good day. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by the Firefighting Depot. Firefighting Depot is a firefighter and family-owned company. Their aim is to offer the very best of the service. They're passionate about their product listings and work continuously and very hard to improve upon them every chance they get. Their motto is that firefighters deserve the best, and they are on a mission to provide it. Visit the website. That's thefirefightingdepot.com. Um, if you go on the website, you'll be able to find a automated service. I'll give you a 10% off code. And I know they're pushing a, a whole list of products. What do they got over there, Vince? They got those Honeywell boots. Those are real nice. Uh, the Viridian fire gloves. I'll tell you, those Viridian firefighting gloves, I've, they've got some great names. Uh, oh, here, the, here uh, we go. One of them, we got the fire hog, which <laughs> that's, uh, you're, you're going to want to look out for that one, um, especially at the bar late at night. There's... There's also, um, actually, their most state-of-the-art glove that they have is the Fire Knight, um, which, again, very, uh, really interesting product that I'd love to see more of. They've also got, uh, how about for hose straps? They have the Fire by Trade, the hose straps for high-rise packs. Yeah, They have reflective tape and and the Velcro. You you put it all together, and I think they up to two and a half. Yep. Yep, up to two and a half inch hose. Um, it'll work great on your high-rise packs. Um, so again, make sure to visit thefirefightingdepot.com. You can visit them on Facebook. They're super responsive on there, um, so feel free to, to reach out to them there. And again, make sure to take a look at that 10% code when, you, when you're checking out their website. Firefighter and family-owned, Illinois-based. They, ha- they literally have everything for the fire service in their uh, catalog. So anything you need from tools to apparel, you can get it at uh, firefightingdepot.com.